So how have y'all spent your uh, All-Star weekend break? Chilling. Relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) Chilling and relaxing? That man is a liar. This is one of the most eventful. What do you mean? What do you mean? You're a liar. We got back on Monday and I immediately took a nap. (laughs) (laughs) I proceeded to chill right away. (laughs) That That was my plan. It was an eventful weekend. But yeah, the rest of the break, I'm chilling. I'm sleeping. I'm napping. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, man. We're we, listen. We're recording this on Wednesday, February twenty first. The All Star break ends tomorrow. Our season starting up again. But you know, if you guys saw the last episode that dropped on Saturday instead of Friday, which is a I don't know mix up to our normal posting schedule. But that happened because we were at NBA All Star Weekend recording a live show in Indianapolis that went pretty well. You know, we had a lot. We had a little crowd there. We Nikhil has his pictures pulled up of the show there. <laughs> Somebody said I had to stand on something to be in the first pick. <laughs> no, that's crazy as hell. I didn't even They're see that one. <laughs> yeah, how, how, how did y'all feel about the live show, about being at All-Star Weekend for the first time, all that? Man, I guess we start off with baby steps. Being at All-Star Weekend was crazy as hell. I hopped on my flight and I see agent from AMP. Then I see some like the CEO of Overtime and I see the rapper Lil Tyler. The 16, 17 year old dude. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I land, <laughs> boom, Dominique Wilkins right in front of my face. And I'm like, holy shit, man, I'm really here. Le- legs yeah, and knees the whole NBA to world a bit. came together the whole weekend. Yeah, exactly. There was so much, so much happened, bro. We witnessed the atrocious dunk contest, witnessed Donovan, Donovan Airball. Charles Barkley tried to steal my <laughs> girlfriend from me. And we can get into that story, but I guess I might save it for the stream on Monday, 8 p.m. But man, oh man, <laughs> nice so plug. much shit happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what about you, Donovan? How'd you feel about the weekend? Well, how do you summarize it? Hmm. Eventful and cold. Bro, it's cold, cold as, cold as hell, hell in Indianapolis. Oh my goodness. And like, it was like 16 degrees. You and I were walking around at like, when was it? I think it was after um, All-Star Saturday night. We were walking around trying to get to different places. And it was just like, an uncomfortable experience. It was just too cold. We didn't, we didn't have beanies. We didn't have the right type of jacket. Didn't have any, any kind of gloves. Our faces were literally frozen walking around that yeah, city. Yeah, man. I was so mad. We, we left. Uh, there was a concert on Saturday at the venue after like after Saturday night things. I forget the guy's name. Uh, Jelly Roll was, was recorded. Mm. Was, uh, performing. Yep. We decided to leave early. We went to Anwar to try to get into this party or whatever. I was walking for 30 minutes in the cold you, with the lightest jacket on. Wait, time out, time out. I'm sorry, Nikki. You take this down now. <laughs> you take this down now. Y'all have to understand, immediately after this, snow in my face, right? Understand the conditions. It's not even snowing right now, bro. What are you talking That's about? That's what I'm saying. You have to understand the conditions of what it was like. It was 16 degrees about to snow. You get me in an actual gym. That's different. Right, and just get on the street with some regular rubber ball that you find in a fifth grade gym. The one that has all the little, you know, is growing other basketballs on it. That's too much. All right, damn. Relax. Relax. Listen, I was with Donovan. We did this. I'm the worst hooper of the three of us by far. Tell him what you shot. I at. made two of my. I made two of my first three shots. Tell him what you shot at. Tell him what you shot at. I, I, I don't know the same place you shot at. What do you mean? You were not at the same place. You were taking layups. <laughs> no, he was oh, not. You, <laughs> you were taking layups. Look at him trying to lie. I made two of my first three shots, and this man had to shoot five times before he made it. Embarrassing effort from somebody who calls himself the best hooper of us three. You do better next time. Play me right now. (laughs) Play fly fly to fly to Houston. Play me right now. I'm dead, bro. (laughs) Yeah, man. Again, it was a fun weekend. I was not prepared for the cold coming from Los Angeles and Texas before that. 
first time I've experienced a cold like that in quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not not used to that Midwestern cold. It was nuts. Yeah, I Different. can tell you guys one thing, and I feel like I can speak for all of us, and probably 75% of people who went to All-Star Weekend, we are never stepping foot back in Indiana. I have zero reason <laughs> to do that. I go in Indiana. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> and I, I was going to let live. Depressed. It was their weekend to be the main characters. That city is boring. <laughs> it is tough, man. But, hey, it was a great time. I ran into so many just huge dudes. I saw Kenny Smith walking in front of me. I'm like, wow, bro. I don't know how he does it. Shout out to him because if I had <laughs> no for that, real. for like, real, I, just, I don't know how he walks straight. His knee is going into the other leg. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Perpetual bruising. <laughs> yeah, no. The most bold leg. He, he needs that surgery. <laughs> he needs a surgery where they break your leg yeah. and they make it straight. That's <laughs> that's crazy. He has the yeah, money man. for it. Yeah. Also, Rico was great. As you guys see from the title of today's episode, we're gonna go through every single NBA team and we're gonna talk about their biggest problem they need to solve in the second half of the season. You know, we're past all trade, the trade uh, deadline, so these aren't problems that can fix with a personnel move. It's going to have to be straight adjustments, finding ways to use our personnel better, all that. So going to be a pretty in-the-weeds little analysis-heavy episode, so should be fun. Facts. <laughs> this, this, tweet. <laughs> this tweet is hilarious. <laughs> if you're watching fun. on YouTube, drop a like and subscribe. If you're on audio platforms, rate us five stars, leave a review. Follow us on all socials. Check out the merch. It's still in the bio. You know, we refreshed the merch recently. You got the new designs on there. It's looking great. Check out uh, episode my three show. of IG show. Go ahead and yeah, check episode- that shit out. Tap the there fuck you go. in. <laughs> yeah, man. Let, let's get into the episode. I mean, I don't really don't know, don't know what to say. Crayon eaters rejoice! Before we get to the, you know, going through every team's problems, did you guys see all the, you know, conversation about conversation today? Everybody talking about the state of NBA media after JJ Redick went on first take and once again complained about the whole first take, hot take environment and how it's not prone to educational content and all this stuff. Did you guys see that? Discord squared. Yes, I yeah. did see it. <laughs> Discord squared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did see it. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing the NBA media likes more than talking about the NBA media. Yeah, no, it was absolutely hilarious to see just like Patrick Beverly come out of the woodworks uh, fighting for Doc Rivers online reputation or whatever. But (laughs) I mean, I saw a lot of interesting things. There's a lot of validity to J.J. Reddick's argument and conversation. One of the biggest talking points that he had was like, yo, I post a video breaking down, blah, 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 50 some 50 K some views. But I talk about Doc Rivers and fire off of him 10 million engagements or whatever. And like that sentiment is just like super true. Basketball is like top tier basketball. The market for it is like caters to crayon eaters. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that necessarily. <laughs> like I enjoy the fun stuff too, but at the same time, we can even like speak from from our channel perspective. Like when we post a video, not talking about like a super fun conversation, like drafting somebody or like putting jerseys in a tier list or whatever. We, we are like the views don't do necessarily the same. And he's speaking yeah, facts. JJ Rex's whole point was do fans even want this type of content or do they just want the bullshit that he's you know in the limelight for getting attacked arguing for he's like every time i do this y'all perpetuate it and push it out there like do people even want educational content is the nba fan base lazy didn't need to be educated all this shit and you know he's, he does this every time he goes on to first take he, occasionally he gets frustrated and is like what the fuck are we talking about yeah. as if he's not on first take you know like he's surprised by this 
after going on first take, the show where that's all they do. So it's led to some people uh, giving back, pushing back on his point a little bit. Nick Wright was on Twitter talking about like, I don't go on diner drive-ins and dives and complain when we talk about food. You know, like this is what you sign up for. It's a bit pretentious to pretend this should be anything otherwise. You know, there's a market for this. Where do you fall on this, Donovan? I feel like you're probably pretty opinionated. I'm somewhere in the middle, though. I think like I I think that this is something that we try to do a good amount is I I think like when you watch basketball, there's obviously like the meme of like two two camps. You have like people who watch it and you're like, oh, like that that boy nice. And then you have the like advanced stat nerds on the other side. And like, yes, yes, advanced stats help and they help to, you know, provide context for a lot of things that you see, because sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't just rely on your eyes. I've seen people literally look at some look at a player and be like, "Oh, he's a he's a shooter." Like you like you can't leave him. And then you go look at the stats and he shoots less than 30% from 3, right? And <laughs> yeah. it's like what you're watching isn't always true. But what honestly what I look at this, this reminds me of a conversation like if we go into music and it's like a it's like a Drake versus Kendrick Lamar where you're like, well, Kendrick's a better rapper. Like, look, look at look at like his lyricism, look at everything that he's doing. It's like, there's cool. That's cool. And there's a time and place for all that, right? But if you're out, you're not trying to hear Kendrick Lamar screaming, sliding down a wall, right? You want it, you want to hear some Drake stuff, right? And that's the that's the mix that we're trying to get. And I think that JJ Reddick, like, you are also JJ Reddick and you have a platform to do all the nerdy stuff that you want. Stop mm-hmm. hating. Like yeah. it, it is what it is. <laughs> I think. Uh, or do both. I think JJ Reddick has a JJ Reddick has a great point. JJ Reddick is right, but I think Nick Wright is right about this. Isn't the vehicle to do it and explain this on? If you're gonna go on first take, this is what they do. This is the platform that the entire point of the show is to give hot takes and play basically a game of entertainment for casual fans that want to see arguing. They're coming for arguing, not for analysis. So. To go on there and get on the soapbox is just a hilarious place to do it. Like, why are you even coming on the show then if you don't give a fuck about this? But he is right overall about a sentiment that that style of content and how companies like ESPN have fully dove into that. They saw Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith get traction in the early 2010s arguing about LeBron's legacy every motherfucking day. And they tripled down on it and made their entire network around it. And I think that has really made it so, especially NBA fans, this is the only way they consume this stuff. All they think about is first take ass brain when they're talking about basketball. How did this affect LeBron's legacy? (laughs) Exactly. That's like, that's the, that's like the automatic mode of consumption for so many fans. And JJ Reddick has a problem with that. My problem with though, is that he was like, do fans even want to be educated? And I don't think it's a fan thing where they just don't want it. I think they aren't, they've been conditioned to think that because it's all ESPN shoves down their fucking brain and makes them think this is all we need to talk about. It's not even that There needs to be a better mix. It's, it's, it's past ESPN, right? The NBA has marketed their stars. They've marketed like this player versus this player since the 1980s. This is something that's been going on for 40, 45 years. So this is literally how the league is built. And so to think that you're just going to show up one day and be like, hey, guys, I have this breakdown of like this pick and roll coverage. And like everybody's just going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Like it's going to take time to undo Everything that David yeah, Stern b- built the league on, it's it's not going to happen nah, overnight. No. But you're, what you're talking about is people liking players over players over teams. That's a different conversation. No, that no, I is think definitely it, perpetual by the NBA. I think, I think it. I think it leads into this because when you talk about like when you talk about baseball, right? Baseball is not a rings culture sport at all, and I think that everybody kind of understands 
that it is a team sport and you really need everything firing. Obviously, it's a little bit different in basketball because of the way that like one player can affect a team. But yeah. when you market the stars and then you take that and you say, okay, we are building things up to be player A versus player B. And now we take that into rings culture. It is directly like related to that in how, how fans see teams, right? You see teams as LeBron and the Cavaliers. You see it as Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns, right? And then that kind of spirals into everything into everything else. So like, it's going to take time to kind of hmm. unlearn this and, and look at things like, I guess from a micro yeah. perspective and start looking at like the X's and O's and all the stats and stuff like that. For sure. The NBA definitely has a part in it, but I think a big part of it is I, I'll blame ESPN as a main culprit. There's obviously other media companies that are part of this. The ones that even the ones that we work for, you know, like there's plenty of culprits in this media scape that have shaped it to be what it is. But I think it's the easiest to just look at ESPN as like the prime example because, you know, they had the whole embrace debate era that even now, as we're a little bit after that, as that kind of fell apart for them and they've kind of hit the new era. Everything they talk about is trades. Everything they talk about is how do we get this player to the big market? The Cavs go off, have a crazy stretch. Even if we're doing, you know, the NBA wants to market at stars. If, if you think of their version of it, best case scenario, which you can still see problematic, is like, let's big up Donovan Mitchell. Can he be the next MVP or whatever? Instead of like having conversations around Donovan Mitchell, even if it's not going to be the Cavs, ESPN will come on here and be like, how do we get him to the Knicks? You know, does his recent play make you think he'll get, request a trade next year if they don't win the title? You know, like it immediately becomes a narrative driven stuff like that. Even outside of the player focused stuff the NBA talks about. These companies see the success of this narrative-driven stuff and the success of this debate stuff, and that's where the profits come from. So they go straight to that. Let's triple down on that. People aren't going to want to listen if we talk about the Cavaliers. So let's find a way to make it about the Knicks. Find a way to make it about the Lakers. And they're just doubling down on profit over substance, which is, you know, not to get all soapboxy, the story of America and in every industry, but that's affecting media in every way, not just sports. And this is how we're seeing it play out for us, where it's just ruining the ways fans think about the game because of this profit-based approach to sports media. <laughs> listen. <laughs> what do you think about that, Donovan? <laughs> I mean, I'm, listen, Isaac's not wrong, right? But I also think, like, the it, <laughs> there is a level, and, th and I think my problem, at least in what JJ said, is what Isaac alluded to earlier, is that you did this on first take. And, yeah. and a lot of the times when when people who are very like X's and O's driven and very uh, statistical in their analysis of the game, whenever you get into these big picture conversations, a lot of times it, it comes off as, as you're condescending. It comes down as like, why are we even talking about this? Why are we even doing this? As if that conversation doesn't even have a, you know, a place. We saw Donovan Mitchell literally for an entire offseason basically subtweet say i want to go to the knicks there was talk all this time about like x y and z and him and him going to the knicks so it wouldn't be shocking as if you know to to look at him and think of him in the context of oh is that still a thing is he going to is he you know eventually going to go to the knicks i just think that you can find you can have both and you can you can have a balance between these two things but you got to learn how to like, I think also insulting the, the, the product as is on either side is kind of just like counterproductive. Go do your job, right? Make the content you want to make. I promise you, if you make it, if you make good content, <laughs> people are going to rock with it and you can build it from there. But like, 
you're you're mad like you're mad that the that the ice spice song is the one trending rather than you know your eight minute you know lyrical miracle type of thing just relax like do do <laughs> do what you do and everything will will solve itself yeah there's definitely a market for a mix of both right like that's what i feel like that we try to do with this show yeah. is get people in the door through the shorts and everything of we do we do the fun bullshit because it's fun right and people want to see it and then they come to the show and they'll see more substantive conversations like hopefully like this one the ones to come before tiktok time you know like try to find a blend of both. I think that's inevitably what you got to do these days with the state of media because you can't ignore the short form mind, the younger fans, what they, the stuff they want to consume. But like I said, there is a balance to it and oftentimes first take can go to the opposite way where it's too much of the bullshit, right? Where the you're, you're saying what we're going to talk about the Donovan Mitchell stuff? Yeah, a little bit, right? But not all the time. Not We're not going to spin it when the Cavs are doing well. Find a way to spin it to the Knicks stuff instead of talking about both. You know, there's a time and place for everything. And he's right. It is leaning too far that way, but... It's again, we, we agree the me, the place to message that is not going on first take. It's like that's the point where it comes off pretentious. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. man. Such such an interesting conversation. I mean, <laughs> all this also has to do with like just basketball as a whole being the the e I feel like basketball is the easiest sport to get into because there's not as many moving parts compared to something like baseball or fucking football, which their rosters contain like what 50 60 players or something crazy like that like 52 yeah there's so many moving parts and when it comes to basketball it's just like okay easiest form of it is like one-on-one -on -one after that five on five you know what i'm saying and i think i agree with both of you guys jj reddick there's a time and place for these types of conversations or whatever he could be doing this because he's like this is his biggest platform espn um but at the same time you know he is doing his part by doing his uh the show that he has on his show with Nikias and Steve Jones, I believe on his channel talking about all the X's and O's. So it's like, it's a time and place for everything, you know, with a little pretentious, probably that, but I think that just maybe JJ Reddick's personality just a little bit. And then after that, and that one makes him him. <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel. him. So like people say the same shit to me that I can come up pretentious like that. So I understand him. Like it, it is what it is. Sometimes it's hard to, it's when you're someone wired like him, it's hard to deal with so much bullshit that you, know is part of the job but can get frustrating when you feel like it's just like so much fluff that like he just it's he can't comprehend how to just like accept all this i, I can understand him getting frustrated by that i often feel similarly so uh, it's not surprising to me that he would yeah. go this route even if we think it's a little bit much yeah exactly could you imagine how you'd feel if we asked you if i asked you isaac like every two weeks when you hop on the show who's better lebron or jordan who where do you rank higher kobe i wouldn't do this shit <laughs> that's what i'm saying but then again in a different format we he don't doesn't do have like to do that shit he has a successful show doing what he wants he doesn't have to go on first take so that's that's the part it's like stop going on it but granted <laughs> he has the espn contract part of it yeah. maybe they want him on there whatever so we don't know how that works exactly but you're a fucking multi-millionaire with your own successful platform you don't have to do this you can do your own thing i promise you don't My have to get is different <laughs> very I, which is fair but i found myself I often get very frustrated by narratives and how annoying the things we talk about in basketball are. And I found myself having to remind myself that like, you can just get off Twitter. You know, you don't got to give a fuck about what Twitter's talking about, about yeah. Anthony Davis, about Shaco Alexander, whatever. I think he's even more wrapped in it as he's an even bigger media person than we'll ever be. And he's so, listen, on TV is a different level of scrutiny and different level of consuming the stuff. I think he has to do a little bit of that disconnection as well and realize some of the shit just doesn't matter. Facts. So you're so you're saying that if JJ ready just touch grass, he'll be okay. <laughs> he literally, he's stuck in Basically. being too terminally online. 
I've been there. I've been, I've been there plenty of times. He has to stop giving a fuck. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's JJ Reddick, tap in with timeout mode on, I, on iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Let, let's transition away from that. We're about 20 minutes in. Let's get to the meat and potatoes this episode. We're going to go through every single NBA team and give one problem they all got to solve. Donovan, why don't you go first as a resident hater? I know you got some negativity lined up for us. Who was your first Damn. team? My first team is the Dallas Mavericks. And okay. I'm, and I'm going to do the thing that you hate the most. We're going to talk narratives right now. Right? Oh, my gosh. Go ahead. <laughs> because, okay, and I, I'll say this. Go that bullshit. I, I say, I'll, say, I'll say this. Realistically, their, their problem that they're going to have to solve is, are they going to be able to surround Luka Doncic with, with enough versatile defenders to where he can do what he does on offense and then defensively they can cover him and Luka and then they'll be fine in the playoffs. They've won six straight games. They have the second best defense in the NBA at that uh, in that time, but they played they played the Sixers without Embiid. They played the Knicks without Brunson and Randall, right? There's, there's some games, there's some weak wins, but also they stomped the Thunder in that, in that span. Yeah. And that's- Which granted, was up? that was a Madden A game. Coming onto the road. So exactly. the Thunder, I, I don't really blame the Thunder for that loss either. Exactly. But that problem, I don't necessarily, I don't see it as like a this year type of problem. That's kind of a perpetual thing that if you have Luka Doncic on your team, you're always going to need those types of players. And that's always going to be a concern. So it, it seems more of a prerequisite than problem. My real problem <laughs> that I have for the Mavericks is they're going to have to figure out a way to keep Luka Doncic from running off into the sunset with Nikola <laughs> Jokic, right? And I, and, I, and I say that, I say that because right now, even as good as they are playing, they're probably not going to be in the top four in the West. They are, they are going to have to go on the road for a deep playoff run. And there's a lot of teams that we think are better. And so eventually we're going to get to a point where, you know, if they're not, they're not, getting back to the conference finals the way that, that they were two years ago, we might have an we might have an issue, right? We think that that the team that they've surrounded with him right now is definitely an upgrade that uh over the one that they had earlier in the season. But they need to put pressure on themselves and don't have Luca be the one subtweeting people. The the Mavericks need to take the initiative to make hmm. sure that they have the best roster around him to make sure that he does not leave whenever his time is up. That's the that's the real problem. But outside mm. of that, like everything else is fine. I love how you just did exactly what I was talking about first take doing. They're playing well. And you're like, what if he leaves? That is hilarious. I told bro. you. I told you. And Get the and fuck then, out of here. And then you <laughs> I, I told you. Nikola Jokic. <laughs> as, and then you use Nikola Jokic as his bromance to go ahead and get Bro, they were running around like Ghost and Angie all weekend. Like, like, yo, relax. Relax. I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. That's high level. That's high level. Thinking. That's why I wanted to start with that. I need, I need you like Stephen it. Smith allegations. <laughs> I need you like it. That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I agree. It's a problem. I hope he never leaves, but he's not turning down Supermax money, so I don't see him leaving anytime soon. Nobody's ever yeah. turned down you, Supermax you act, money. So. You, act like, you act like the Supermax money can't be signed and then a trade request happened. That's, that's, all, that's all I'm saying. But if yeah, you, you want to go into a couple the, years of gap, if you want to go into like the real thing, yeah, I think it's I think it is real talk like the the defense of um, from this team. They are obviously like very high powered offensively. They have shooters. They have athleticism now around Luca. But if they are going to go and beat 
the Minnesota Timberwolves with their with their size. If they're gonna beat the the Nuggets in their offensive system, everything that the Thunder have been doing, you're going to to need to be able to one stop people at the rim, and you're gonna need really really good defenders. I'm not 100 percent sure that they have all of those things to make deep playoff runs and beat those teams one by one by one in the playoffs. Yeah, I think the biggest problem they have right now is they don't have enough big wing defenders, which, you know, most teams don't. It's pretty hard to do that. It's going to be hard to... I think back every time I'm thinking about most of these teams that are contenders, how are you going to beat either the Nuggets or the Clippers? And, you know, Lucas had his way with the Clippers over the years, but he always loses those series. And this team has one less Dorian Finney-Smith than they had in the past, and the Clippers have one more James Harden than they had in the past. So even harder to imagine them having a defense strong enough on the perimeters to guard a James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, with Kyrie Irving in the building now. Tim Hardaway Jr. plays big minutes. Listen, they don't like I said, they don't have uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. They just got P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford, who are been good additions. Don't solve that problem at all. If P.J. Washington is guarding Kawhi Leonard, you're in hell. So I think that's the biggest problem is how are they going to match up with these big wings that are on all the best teams in the league? Exactly. Yeah. For me, it's just like... Well, to piggyback off what you said, Isaac, I hate using that transitional word, but it's a goddamn good one. <laughs> but, just do um, it. Just piggyback. It's fine. <laughs> they just simply can't keep up with a lot of the top elite teams in the Western Conference. When it comes to their defensive pieces, that's more so the part, of course, like that's been the consistency of their entire tension with Luka Doncic. They just can't keep up simply. It's simple as that. Offense, just because you have Luka Doncic on your roster, they can, there's a soul. There's not a soul on the planet that they can't keep up with. But when it comes to how effective their wing guys are, you know, what I'm saying the Tim Hardaway juniors of the world is just like that's when things get a little bit shaky now. Um they have this is probably the best roster that Luka Doncic has had on paper, but in terms of just like what this dude actually needs, I'm not 110% sure. Now, Daniel Gafford does move me, of course. PJ Washington mm-hmm. is way better than what they previously had, but just looking at the archetype of player that Luka is and his deficiencies, I'm not 100% sure how they will hold up once that time comes and pace starts to slow down a little bit and people need and teams need to start locking up. And I don't know if the Dallas Mavericks will ever eventually be that team that locks anything up. Yeah, I like uh, my biggest issue I had with them early in the year before this trade was they don't get to the rim a lot. They're 28th in rim volume, which I think having Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington helps there directly. You know, with Gafford there now between him and Lively, they're always going to have an athletic rim runner on the court. And Max has been good defensively too. So like, I don't really have an issue with their front court anymore. But defensively, they're still 28th in rim defense accuracy given up. And as good as Gafford is, I don't see him solving that. So that's my biggest problem is, can you build a competent defense when you don't have big wings and you don't defend the rim well? You're going to have to really outshoot teams. You know, when you have a Luka and Kyrie, it's always possible, but that's a difficult place to start from. Hmm. Like you're always yeah. starting in a disadvantage there. And if you're going to start disadvantage, you need a ball handler to bail you out every game. Luka's the one to fucking do it. But that's a hard team construction. Which, again, they're better now, so maybe maybe they can. I'll go that every week now. Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. yeah, this this whole situation uh, in for the defense, I guess right now after the All-Star break, it's more of an unknown than a problem, but it it definitely can snowball into a problem. So that's why I put it down there. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful of them though, though. The more I think about them, the more hopeful I am that they're going to be extremely good yeah. after we come back and see more of this team. So yeah. in, in terms of like the teams I'm most or least worried about, they're closer or least worried about right now. 
That's fair to say. At the same time, it's like I bet it's so frustrating for any fan in the Western Conference right now just to like see their team thriving. A lot of teams right now are like nine and six in their last whatever or ten and four or ten and six type shit. And yeah. they like haven't moved or if they moved, it's like up a smitch against other teams. So it's just like mm-hmm. West is tough, man. This is the probably the toughest year of the West that I've ever seen personally. Yeah, at least since that year when uh the Rockets and the and the Warriors were insane and everybody else was trying to be good, but those two teams were like the one and two seed. The West yeah. were pretty loaded in that era, but yeah, we're back to that point where there's a lot of teams that can compete. Tough, man. Tough. But Isaac, I want to talk team. about I'll, I'll do my next team because there's one I want to talk about early in the show so we can get to them because they've been in the news a little bit. The Brooklyn Nets. This team's <laughs> biggest problem is they don't know what the fuck they are long term or currently. They yep. just fired Jock Vaughn over the All-Star break, which was not surprising in a long-term view. He was only there as an interim coach that it's kind of like an Antonio Pierce situation where he did well as an interim and earned it and the players wanted him, so they gave him the full-time job. He has done nothing of promise since then. And there's been some reporting from different players within the organization that they've been frustrated with their game plan as of late. They lost in embarrassing fashion by like 40 points to the Celtics in the last game before the break, which seemed to be the breaking point where they said, Jock Vaughn, you got to get the fuck up out of here. And after that game, Mikhail Bridges went to the podium and basically was saying that this team doesn't know what they're doing offensively. To the press, he was telling them that he feels like the game plan is just really incoherent. And he said he feels like they have a game plan based around Ben Simmons. But when he's not there, you know, the dribble handoff game isn't there the same, that they kind of lose who they are as a team. And of course, in the wake of this firing, Brian Windhorst, I think, reported that people on this team were frustrated by, the, by Jock Vaughn building too much around Ben Simmons. So yeah. even just on the X's and O's, what they're doing offensively with this roster, nobody's happy. Cam Thomas has said he's unhappy with it, even though he's, you know, Cam Thomas. whatever value of player you want to <laughs> <Yeah>. give him. <laughs> this team turned down all their picks back from the Rockets when they try to trade for Mikhail Bridges. They're committed to building around a third option. They don't want to make any type of big move because they want to be competent. This overall, everything involved in this roster doesn't know where it's going right now. If it is genuinely true that they turned down all those picks from the Houston Rockets, I can't do nothing but pray for those people in Brooklyn. Because <laughs> oh my goodness, like right now when I see them, I, like I see the game plan. I it's to build around Macal Bridges, and then hopefully build around other along with Cam Bridges. There's Cam Johnson and um, Dorian Finney-Smith, who just feels like a less evolved version of Macau Bridges. There's so much like redundancy going around everywhere. There's no real plans, just like straight up delusion going on. And yeah, I, I just don't know where to start from this. It just must be coming from like top down and their organization just reeks of incompetence. Oh, definitely is. Yeah. yeah, we've heard we've heard it for the show. Every time Joe Sai touches a mic, he says, I miss the days before Kevin Durant and Kyrie when we had a good fun team, and he wants that again. He just decided to hitch that wagon around Mikhail Bridges and put him in a role that he's not really suited to play. And I think it's kind of unfair to him, honestly. Yeah, this listen, this is a team we talk all the time about teams not having direction. And this is a team that one has no aura within the city of, of New York. No sexy players, just say it, bro. No sexy players. No, I was like, they Every time not a, vibe, bro. A, a road team comes in, they the road team has more fans than the Brooklyn Nets in their home arena. And it doesn't matter if that team is on the West Coast, if they're in the Midwest, they are coming in and they are filling up Barclays Center to root for, for their team. This team needs a, it needs a reset from the top to bottom, right? From GM to coach. You can't keep having a GM pick a, uh, pick an 
a coach and pick an interim coach and then you trade half the players on the team. We said this when the trade happened, that all of their players are perfect trade candidates for other yeah. teams, right? They are, they are fine players to be complementary pieces. They are fine players to be role players. But if you have just a team of role players, this is exactly what you're going to get, right? The NBA is too talented to where you cannot have, you can't have a team without a legitimate low-level all-star and think that you're going to be competitive, even for the play-in. So they need to figure out who's going to run this team. They need to figure out what they want to be. And if they want to be 42 and 40 and be that fun team, that's fine. But go ahead and do it with a 22-year-old rather than a 28-year-old and you'll be cooking. Damn. Dude, Macau Bridges is 28? Something like that. I think so. He's not, he's not yeah, young. He, he came is, in as a, so. he was already an old rookie, so it's yeah. he's not he's not he's getting up there. Yeah. The funny yeah. part to me is how as soon as he got fired, the reporting was that Jock Vaughn wanted to build too much around Ben Simmons. And you know, we had a report a while ago that uh Spencer Dinwiddie was extremely upset, wasn't trying, wanted to get traded. Apparently, this is a big part of why. And that's so funny because like I'm sure as a player in the organization, you're not gonna want to be building around Ben because I'm sure they have lost faith in him like everybody else has. But on the other hand, if you're Jock Vaughn. I think it kind of makes sense because the only way you can imagine this team having any sort of ceiling is if they get the most out of Ben and get lucky with his health. So I understand wanting to build for a sense that like prioritizing getting him going because without that you have no ceiling. But that can get tricky when he's not available and the players are like, what the fuck are we doing now? Yeah, you're right. Like Ben Simmons coming into the season, he was the X factor for the for the trajectory of their entire organization. I tried to tell y'all. Both, <laughs> the, tell both, both, the, both, both of you guys were all in and was like, this is the year. Like, Ben no. Simmons is, is back. It was more I was hoping for it than Isaac anything, sold you know, me. Like, I didn't go win it. I got, I got, and I told you, straight to I told you that when you guys, I was hoping for it. I, I wanted to have it. Go to hell. We are here in February <laughs> and you guys are homeless because you bet the, because you bet the house on Ben Simmons being, you know, comeback player of the year. This is what's going to happen. I, I, listen. Yeah, I mean, it's he, easy he back because his back hasn't held up and it continued not. I understand that, but like, it was more this. like a wishing into existence thing. It was a hot take episode, for God's sake. But like, I understand that. I and mean, it's not surprising, right? Year after year now, we've seen that his body's not going to support him. Continue to not support him, right? He's back now, but he's still not playing back-to-backs and missing games every now and then. Even when he's on the court, his confidence is still non-existent. He doesn't even look at the rim. He runs around and passes the ball, doesn't even try to score. He doesn't want to <laughs> yeah, get fouled, doesn't want to go to the free throw line. What do you do with it's that? It's tough to build around that. Y'all are lucky, yeah. right? Y- y'all are lucky. You guys didn't actually bet y'all's house on Ben Simmons. <laughs> Jock Vaughn did, right? Jock, <laughs> Jock Vaughn bet his job on Ben Simmons. He's fired oh, now. That's true. <laughs> he he, he ain't got a job because he trusted in Ben Simmons. So we'll, we'll see how, how that goes. Nikhil. That's hilarious. We're going to fight. Like, yo, take the video down. <laughs> take the video off the screen. <laughs> Send the video. <laughs> oh, bro. Black short. Like, man, we can move on, man. This is a team in disarray. Listen, we're going through yeah. every team. We can't spend too much time on everybody. We're already 35 minutes in. We've talked about two teams. So, good we can grief. Keep it you guys are fucking yappers, bro. Jesus. We talked about that 20 right. minutes ago. Oh, by the way, <laughs> as always, Mo gave me, Mo decides who gets each team, and he always gives me the worst fucking teams in the league. So, I'm not going to, I'm going to skip over the Hornets, Washington, and yeah, just those two because he gave me these tanking teams. We're not talking about them today. No, we all got we all we all got like two to three just trash ass teams. My trash teams are the Spurs and like the Portland Trailblazers. Like so wait, much more wait, interesting wait, than wait, the, you got the, Pistons? the Hornets. You got the Pistons. I got the Pistons. No, did I say Pistons? My bad. I meant to say the Spurs and the Blazers. I you didn't say the Pistons. Pistons. Donovan is just mishearing you. No. Yeah. Isaac, you said Pistons. 
I did not. I said trash is trash. <laughs> you guys he are talking this. about trash in different forms that we. Will I didn't not say be Pistons. Talking about. <laughs> um, anyways, but, Mo, who's your first team? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, moving on to that, the Milwaukee Bucks. They have okay. huge problems to answer, and of course, like a lot of people have already been super down and out on Doc Rivers. Just in general, his reputation hasn't been the best in the NBA community. You know what I'm saying? Leads the league and blown three one leads. Hasn't it's won a polite way to put it. anything relative anything of like substance since like the Obama administration back when Hummers were out and popping. It's been a long time <laughs> since he had really like any real emotion, you know? And so him starting out Hummer. three and seven isn't, you know what I'm saying, the greatest thing in the world. But at the same time, you'll see some Milwaukee Bucks truthers. Not to say that I'm one of them, be like, yo, the Los Angeles Clippers started out even worse than that. And look at them now. So can I guess the biggest question for them is can they solve their defense? Is Patrick Beverly along with Doc Rivers enough for that? Uh I've said from the start of the season, this team just does not look right. And they got away with it just off a of straight up talent, and they're gonna continue to like being just straight up. They're gonna continue to just straight up be great because of Giannis and Dame is on their roster. They'll have one of the five best offenses in the league, but their defense just continues to be worse and worse and worse. I looked up a random stat earlier before the pod when it comes to just things like boxing out. They're they're the fourth worst team at doing those little things in, in the entire NBA. They're one of the worst teams in the entire NBA when it comes to forcing turnovers. You know and the more so the boxing out part just tells me like, yo, this is just straight up effort. You can't squat down a little back a little bit and fling your arms out. Like what's going on here? You know? And yeah. so there's a lot wrong with this team and can they fix it? I don't know. My question is to yeah, you guys. I think, do you uh, think they will? Uh, do I think they'll fix it? Like, do they think they'll, they'll be a championship contender? Who knows? But listen, in the last 10 games since they got Doc, they're three and seven. Like you said, Dane's missed a lot of those games. Chris Middleton's missed almost all those games. So, I like to punch down to Doc as much as anybody. He's a very underwhelming coach over the years. I'm not putting too much stock in a three and seven record yet, but in that ten games, they're twelfth in defense. So like he's has came in and fixed some of that low hanging fruit they had before. The transition defense has gotten better. The rebounding's gotten better. I think they'll probably be closer to that than they will what they were early in the season when they were like twenty fifth in defense. Yeah. So a big problem right now is that like I said, Dane's been hurt, and before the All Star break, he just was not looking good. He had a rough stretch. So I'm honestly getting more concerned about that than I am with their defense, which is not going to be good by any means, but I don't think it'll be like impossible to win with. Yeah. I they have they they have a problem now that Doc Rivers is their coach. I the defense is like it is it is what it is. I don't think that this yeah. te- I I don't think that this team is going to get back to their defensive ceiling. And so at this point you're just hoping that Dame can knock down enough shots from the perimeter and that Chris Middleton can look somewhat what he looked like a couple years ago before he got hurt. I, I think for them, it's going to be very, very hard. And you don't, you said that you don't want to punch down on Doc Rivers. I don't think I'm punching down when I say they have. No, I said to, I do like punching down Doc Rivers. No, but you don't want to do I don't it. You, you, don't, you don't want to do it right now. I'm oh, going it's to earn. I'll wait till he earns it. I'll wait till he earns it. Right I, now, it's. I'll wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right now because they need to do they need to overcome not only a rough and tumultuous start, but they have to overcome the Doc Rivers tax. And oh gosh. <laughs> because Doc Rivers is scammer of the year. Right? He is. And I 
for for Doc Rivers to be on the phone with Bucks manager and be like, "Yo, why are you doing this? Like me? You're calling me like." <laughs> I, he's a fucking liar. Yeah, he knew this was coming. He was probably feeding Adrian Griffin all the wrong information, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's a gaslighter. There's just a lot that you... Doc Rivers has said a lot of stuff over the last like week and a half where you're just like, is this what's supposed to be coming out of our head coach's mouth? And it feels a little weird. Um, I'm very curious to see what they look like after the All-Star break, see if they can actually come together. But... I think that this team has a lot, a lot of things not going for them. Um, and it's just, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to solve them. They'll be better, but it really just depends on what your definition of solving is. Yeah. I think, like you said, the defense is what it is. I agree. Yeah. Their ceiling is around what they have been in the last 10 games, the 12th best defense in the league. And if they can do that, if they can be 12th, 10th to 12th, they'll be fine come playoff time. I'm at this point more concerned about can Doc figure out how to maximize Dame? Dame is just all year. Hasn't looked like Dame. Hasn't been comfortable. Giannis does not want to set screens for him every play. They got to figure out a way to make those guys coexist and get the most out of them. And that's a tall order. We'll see if Doc can do it. He's not exactly the X's and O's genius to make it happen. I'm not sure that can be fixed. I think that's a bigger issue in the defense at this point. Yeah, the only Fact. way that... The reason why you trade for Damian Lillard is because you want the supernova version of Damian Lillard. And he's been... So very much far from that, you know, um, there's this viral clip that went on before All-Star Weekend when the Bucks went against the Minnesota or Memphis Grizzlies where he just like did not look for a shot whatsoever. And I more so blame that towards like it's the last game before All-Star Weekend. No one's going to remember this game. Who cares? But in general, throughout the whole entire season, we, we all know. Stats stats say it. I just say it. Dame hasn't been Dame. And they just need to figure out a way to coexist on the court rather than just, like, existing on the court. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> I see what you're going for there, but I think one of the words got mixed in there. I'm a bit confused. When I say coexist, I mean, like, they need to work together. And gotcha. when they're on the court, they just are on the court wearing the same jersey. Yeah. yeah. They're just existing. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just wearing the same jersey is a great way to put it. They're, they're yeah. just teammates. They're, they're, they're just co-workers. Exactly. That's funny. All right. Yeah. We can, we can move on. We've talked at length about the Bucks and their issues. We we all know what they are at this point. They're much much talked about. Yeah, pain. <laughs> What's your next team, Donovan? Uh, let's see. All right, we're gonna skip. I have the Detroit Pistons. We're gonna skip over them, right? Everything. Also, uh, I'll say this: they need to make sure that Trey Weaver, if he is there next year, they need to make sure that their future is a hundred percent aligned between GM and coach because they need a lot of changes uh, personnel wise. There's still a lot going on. They need to make sure that from the top down, they understand what they want the Pistons to look like two, three, four years from now. Because next year is just, next year's lost. They're not doing anything next year. Um, I want to talk about the Miami Heat. And the problem okay. that the Miami Heat are going to have to solve is they're going to have to figure out a way to score the basketball. Because <laughs> they are not good offensively. And they've shown us they've shown us for the last two years that in the half court and just overall their offense isn't great. They are in the bottom third of the league in offensive rating um, right now since Terry Rozier got there, which I think all of us were very very high on the Rozier trade. He's in the month of February he shot fifteen percent from three. Now I I do not think that Rozier is going to shoot that for the rest of of the year, but it is like kind of concerning that it that the fit hasn't been as easy 
or the transition hasn't been as easy for Rozier to come onto a team that could use his services that well. They're going to have to figure out the defense is also not great, but I think that for them, they're one of those teams where you can just kind of, you know, turn, flip the switch on and they could really, really lock in. They need to figure out how to score because if not, <laughs> if not, it's going to be a first round exit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not overreacting to the Terry thing yet because listen, 15% is fucking ridiculous, exactly. obviously. I'm so, concerned, like, though. If any, the number one volatility in the NBA is three point shooting. If somebody is having a great win streak or a player is on a heater and you see they're shooting 55%, you know it's not sustainable. If they're playing like shit and you see they're shooting 15%, it's exactly. not sustainable. Career 37% shooter, he's going to get back to it. And, you know, he played like six games and got hurt immediately. So that's been tough. And I can understand that he are a difficult team to, to fit into when you're coming from the Hornets, where it's just like pick and roll, basic ass basketball. And you get to the Heat who play a real system and have a very specific style of play. But I, I think the biggest issue is, do they have time for him to get used to that system, right? Like the playoffs aren't that far away. He's already hurt. We'll see when he comes back. I don't know if, I don't know if it's right away or not. I haven't kept up. Not a lot of time to fully integrate him into the system before the playoffs start. Yeah, they need to. I'd be worried about how soon and how much time they have to build that continuity, because as like some of us know, Jimmy Butler hasn't been around at all for personal reasons. And so with that going on and then I said Tyler Hero, Tyler's year going through what he's been going through with the injuries and just not being himself and Tyler Hero being out here like two weeks ago publicly saying, like, I'm just trying to find my role and be more of a catch and shoot guy. There's just so much that they're trying to figure out. And you can tell Eric Spolter has been fighting for his life a couple podcast episodes ago, or maybe it was a stream night night or 8 p.m. Monday tune in. Uh, Isaac said that Bam Adebayo usually goes through his midseason two, three weeks out from all star break like slumps. And he's gone through that. So they're cheeks right now. But do I trust <laughs> Eric Spolter to go ahead and, you know, what I'm saying get shit right like he magically does. Yeah. Yeah, he's he solved nice. he listen, he has solved this problem before. And that's why I don't think a lot of us are concerned about whether or not the Heat have the ability to fix the problem again. But it is a problem, right? It it Definitely. happens it happens every year. And so now we're gonna have to figure out can you guys take the step forward? Can you guys start looking like a competent offense? Because when you go like the East is low key for the taking, or at least trying to get to the, the conference finals with and beat out with Boston and, and some of their issues. There's a there's a path to the conference finals. And if Miami starts to click, I think a lot of people will start to trust them a little bit more. So yeah, let's let's figure out this offense thing, Eric. <laughs> Eric. Right, I like it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Next team we're gonna talk about let's talk about the Timberwolves, who I think are a very interesting team. You know, throughout the whole season, we've been high on them, but trepidatiously. You know, we've like every time we do like a tier list type thing, we're like, they're A tier for sure. They're one of the best teams in the league, top four in the conference, obviously. Top three, fair. But we're very hesitant to put them with the top tier competition of the Nuggets, the Celtics, and the Clippers, who I think right now are clearly the top three teams in the league. Because we've been a little bit concerned about their offense, particularly in the half court, and how it's going to look come playoff time. You know, obviously they're winning with top tier defense, but offensively for most of the year, they've been a little bit subpar compared to the other contenders in that realm. And that's obviously something that comes to light come playoff time. And I've actually been a little more impressed with them over the last 10 games. I think they've been better than people realize offensively. They've Ooh. risen up to having the 12th best half court offense. So I'm getting a little bit less concerned with that as time goes on. 
Let's talk about well, the Monte problem, Morris effect. <laughs> yeah, well, it hasn't been that long, but yeah. But my biggest thing I think they have to solve is the turnover issue and whether or not you can trust Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Town in a playoff series to be late game decision makers. Because even if the half court offense is going to be good, like it is now, it's 12th in the league for the whole season, which I imagine that must mean they must be like top six in the last 10 games. In a playoff series where you're, let's say you play the Clippers, they're going to play a heavy switch defense against you. They're going to make Carl Anthony Towns attack smaller guys. They're going to make Anthony Edwards attack bigger guys, right? This team is 28th in the league in turnover percentage because those two lead offensive players aren't the best passers in the world, aren't the best decision makers. And I think in a playoff setting where you ratchet up their defense and you really try to take away what they do well, there's going to be a ton of pressure on them to really make plays for themselves and others. And that's the biggest thing that they have to continue to really strengthen as the season ends. Okay. I like it. I I like it. Yeah. I think, I I think that that for them, it's, it's funny because like you say, it's a, it's a problem, but it's really a question of, can you trust them? (laughs) Right, because yeah, I, I guess yeah. because they are, who they are. Yeah, you're not gonna change. You're not gonna rewire Anthony Edwards' brain in in three weeks. You're not gonna rewire the way that Cat thinks or, or looks at the floor in three four weeks. And so, it's it's a it's a question. I I want to know. I, I want to know what they're gonna be able to do. And right now, even though that they are the the one seed, I think I would have the. I think I trust them the fourth most in the Western Conference. Behind, yeah. behind, I think I trust them more than Thunder right now. I'm starting to believe in them more. Interesting. Okay. Ooh, welcome to the bandwagon. Yeah, just because uh, I I'm putting faith in Chris Finch. I think you said it's a question. I think the question is gonna come down to preparation and mm-hmm. can Chris Finch put them in a position to succeed and do his part X's and O's wise to, like I said, put them in position to succeed with those turnover issues and like really attack the weaknesses of the other teams well. And I think I buy him being able to do that. Yeah, okay. I can I can agree to that agree with that for sure because there's just some things that are you just don't have an answer for as a coach, and that's just like straight up size. And my players are imposing their will against your players. There's nothing you can do about it. But at the same time, when it comes to other things on the court, like where I might slightly disagree with you, Isaac, is like, will the players like Car Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards perform and make those right decisions? That I don't know. Yeah, again, it comes down, I guess it comes down to matchup at the end of the day because exactly. they're not good at that, right? Like I said, they're 28th in turnover percentage. This is a team that will put the ball on the ground and give you a way to get back into games. Against top competition, that's a hard thing to come to, to, you know, come across on any given night where it's a close game and that can be the late game decision making that decides the game. So, yeah, I don't know if it's a problem they can solve, but it's the biggest problem because otherwise than that, they're they're pretty fucking great right now. They are immaculate. And also, they just re-signed uh, Mike Conley to a two-year deal, which is, like, fantastic news. I think a lot of people were sledding him out in potential, like, off-season scenarios. <laughs> I was one of them, at least. And to see that they, like, just retained him is a great is a great sign. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to so, move on from them quickly, though. You know, they're one of the more positive teams in the league right now. Not a lot of big problems. What's your next team, Mo? I think... By far, at least to me, the most interesting team in the NBA has been the New Orleans Pelicans because really? they've okay. been so good in but they've been so good, but not in the way that a lot of people would imagine them being good. They're better, they're a much better defensive team than any of us could imagine with a team that has a 
front court of Zion Williamson and Jonas Valanciunas, who absolutely do not have reputation rep, have a reputation of being good defenders in the NBA. You know, and oh, they're, um, they're up to seventh on defense in the year. I didn't even realize that. They're up to seven, bro. That that just doesn't make any sense. But all that does tell me is like what Willie Green has been doing. His game plan offensively has been good, and defensively he's been absolutely cooking. Now, for the for the New Orleans Pelicans, like I have slight worries though because if you look at some of the net ratings between lineups that involve like guys like Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and CJ McCollum who are obviously the three most highest paid players on the team, their big three, hasn't been great, you know? And whenever you don't have those three in there and you have some combination of either like Trey Murphy or Herb Jones or whoever else you want to throw in there, extra shooters, looks a lot better. And this just tells me what we've been saying since like the start of the season. We've been questioning just how good uh, your team could be when they're being led by Brandon, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And that's like the end all be all when it comes to how far they'll go in the playoffs. Yeah, wait, so what's your biggest problem? Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and how far oh, okay, these okay. two will go eventually. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's tough when we've talked about it at length already that these two players don't really complement each other. They're not getting the most out of Zion with a Brandon Ingram and a CJ McCollum and a Trey Murphy and a Jonas Valanciunas and everybody else around them that has to eat. They don't prioritize Zion enough, I don't think. And it's going to be hard because, listen, defensively, I was looking at the numbers. They are currently 29th in the league in amount of threes given up. They give up a ton of threes because they don't want to give up the rim and they help off and let you take corner threes. So they give up the second most, but right now they're first in the league in percentage shot against them. So they let you shoot there a lot and the people aren't making them right now, which to me screams a little bit inconsistent. I mean, I mean, uh, what's the word? Fluky? Unsustainable. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you, if you let people shoot there a lot and they just don't make them, at a certain point, it has nothing to do with you, which maybe they're good at deciding who shoots those threes. But in the playoff yes. series, that's going to be a harder and harder thing to be consistent at. So I don't know. But something, while you say that, they are the sixth best team in the NBA when it comes to not letting teams score in the paint. So they collapse a whole lot, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know really, I don't really know what to do with that stat sometimes because if you look at who's number one, it's the fucking like Chicago Bulls. It's just like, Okay, interesting. But uh, game plan is working, and they're getting there, figuring out ways to utilize what Zion Williamson does, which is just, like, take up a lot of space. And Jonas Jonas Valanciunas is a big body. So, like, if you're a Pelicans fan, you should be happy and proud of what this team has been able to do. But can they hit that next gear with that duo? Not really sure. That's the Mm, problem. Interesting. All right, cool. All right. What's the next team, Donovan? We're going to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, who are horrendously down bad right now. Um, however, <laughs> I don't think that that's their biggest problem. I think that their biggest because you know Jaw's gonna, you know Jaw's gonna come back. You know at the start of next season everybody's gonna be healthy. They need to figure out a way to to replace Stephen Adams, who they shipped out. Right for yeah. for them, Stephen Adams was a very very underrated piece in the things that that they um, that they did when he last year when he was healthy, but he wasn't on the floor. They were one of the worst teams in terms of, of rebounding, uh, offensively and, and defensively. They need to figure out a way to really get a to get a big man, get a center who can play alongside Jaron Jackson and let Jaron do all the things that he's great at. Right? They they have a lot of young pieces. You have the offensive talent with Ja. That big man position 
to be complimentary with Jaron, that's their biggest need right now. And if they can figure that out, then they're going to be fine because the last time we saw something like that together, they were the two seed in the West. And so yeah. that's that's their biggest issue for me. And now they got Vince Williams Jr. and Gigi Jackson as a wing duo who are going to be awesome for them long term. Vince Williams, great defender. Gigi Jackson, super skilled shooter, able to put the ground the ball on the ground a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah, I agree. If they can fix that position that they just need to replace now, they're going to be nice next year. Yeah, I yeah. agree. But also, they, they're going to have a high draft pick to potentially trade or pick a center. So there's there's a path for them getting a new Stephen Adams replacement. Yeah, exactly. They have so they have like a multitude of ways to get there, and this is just like I hate to say like I don't want to say injuries or whatever anything is like good, but this is just another format, another way to look at the positive situations in such a dark time for Memphis basketball currently. Facts. Dark time. It is. Yeah, it they is. got killed. Jaw just hurt his shoulder. Yeah, Jaw just hurt hurt his shoulder, and they traded one of the most likable players in the entire NBA, or at least likable likable to me and Stephen Adams. <laughs> it's honestly one of the most unfortunate seasons in a long time. Like the amount of injuries they've had is like comical. They already it had is. to go through bullshit at the start of the season, and then nine games yeah. in, or first game that Jaw's back, we literally witnessed him hit a game winner. We were stuffing wings down our throats. Pause. But um. Yeah, it's just down horrendous right now, bro. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> was I not telling the truth? All right, next team. I don't even remember. <laughs> next team. <laughs> All right, bro. Let's talk about the Toronto Raptors. Let's get Ooh. them out of the way. Poop. Their biggest problem right now is since making the move to build your team around Scotty Barnes and Emmanuel Quickly, those, both those two guys have had to come into a new role of sorts. You know, Scotty Barnes is playing next to Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. So he played a tertiary role offensively, even though they were prioritizing him more this year. But, you know, Siakam demands a lot of attention. He's, you know, a volume shooter. And OG Ananobi is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league and always took the hardest assignment every night. Since those trades, Scotty Barnes has had to move up to be the number one offensive option and basically the number one defensive option, stepping into OG Ananobi's role. That slowed him down a little bit. But the biggest problem is that him and Quickly are not on the same page at all. Hmm. Amanda quickly is also having to adjust to playing a bigger role in a team. You know, he's a six man before. Now he's the lead guard there. He had a comment of uh, the media today, actually, at the first practice back where somebody asked him about that, adjusting to his new role. And he's like, listen, I was the fucking fourth name on the depth chart last in my last team. Teams were not worried about me. They weren't game planning how to stop me. And now they are. And I think the numbers bear that out. Whenever those two guys are on the court together, they have a minus 2.5 net rating, which you look at any team in the league's best two players being on the court together. If you look at the best teams in the league, a Jamal Murray and a Jokic, it's going to be like a plus 12 or something. Like even mediocre teams, I'm sure you can look at, um, I don't know, Zion and Ingram. They're still going to be plus five or whatever. So to be minus 2.5 net rating when you're both your best players play together, it's just a terrible place to start and shows that they aren't on the same page at all. Damn, Emmanuel, yeah. Emmanuel, get in the lab, right? <laughs> that, that, that's what this summer should be about. Don't go anywhere. Don't go on these trips. Get in the gym. Work on your game, right? Because that is a, it's a legitimate, like, issue for, for a lot of guys. And we talk all the time about making the jump from good to great is one yeah. of the hardest jumps in, in the NBA. And now, like, now that that he is experiencing this and everybody is is game planning for him, he's going to have to, he's going to have to figure it out. I have confidence in him that he, that he will, especially because, um, Toronto doesn't really have any other option uh, outside outside of Emmanuel <laughs> quickly figuring it yeah. out. But yeah, this is listen. Go Hopefully. get your two K get, get your two K VC right. Upgrade your attributes. Do what you got to do. 
But that's Go to the that's, Gatorade Training Center. That's really all it comes <laughs> down to. That's yeah, I mean, again, right. this is like you said, it's a normal thing, but comes a time, you know, they need to take their lumps and need to be put in the situation. And mm-hmm. that's what this year is for. So the biggest problem they need to solve is can they get them enough reps this year? So going into next year, they're prepared to be in these new roles. Yeah, exactly. I can 100% agree with that. But hey, on the positive outlook for Toronto Raptors fans, if Emmanuel quickly doesn't end up being that guy and he has to be relegated back to a bench role, it's not the end of the world because there's a certain Rob Dillingham uh, in this up and coming draft who will be a perfect next to Scotty Barnes. And I have good news for Raptors fans. They ain't winning shit this year. They're going to be in the lottery. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, they might keep that pick. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's 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 a strong chance that they keep that pick. And another positive thing too is like RJ Barrett has been actually playing good, consistent basketball. And uh, I guess him being home just turned him into a different player. He's been making all of his shots. Still been struggling from the free throw line per usual RJ Barrett things, but he's looking like a real sustainable option, which is always like really nice and useful to have. Yeah. Well, there you go. What's your next team, Mo? Yeah. So leading into my next team. One of the best teams in the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, actually, as of, late, as of the last, like, what, 20 games, the best team in the NBA, quite literally, the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's been insane. They're, it is very hard to call out a specific problem for this team because they've switched up the entire flow of their identity due to personnel changes, a.k.a. injuries happening earlier in the season, and they've been thriving. And now, since then, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland have been back in the mix doing their thing. But specifically, Evan Mobley has been make, making a conservative effort to like start hitting threes on a consistent basis. I think he's, I said conservative. I don't know why I said that. But anyways. Concerted effort. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say conservative. Yeah, I said conservative. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, like if I was to look at this Cleveland Cavaliers team who have been hitting it on all cylinders, my question is, can... They figure out how to use the best lamps possible in the playoffs. Will certain guys be okay, like sitting at the end, sitting at the end of the bench? Will there ever be a future of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen playing together? I just don't know how all this blends in really well for the future. Yeah, the bigger problem to me right now is Darius Garland. Evan Mobley has looked pretty good since coming back. Like you said, most games he's played in so far, he's hit most of his threes. Still not shooting at a very high volume, but working on it, making the effort, and it's been effective. Darius Garland is still a work in progress. You know, he's the one that they definitely have to figure out how to maximize him with the way Donovan Mitchell's playing this year, where you're not going to want to take the ball back out of Donovan Mitchell's hands at all. He's been their lead guard all year and he's been fantastic at it. Where does Darius Garland fit into that equation with his game that's very on ball oriented? Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good call out. That's a very good call out. Ugh. They have so many, they have so many decisions to make over these next, what, six, seven months or so. And it all looms around Donovan Mitchell. But yeah, I think you may be cooking with that one. Maybe Darius Garland may be like the most expendable piece out of like the three, which the three being Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and Darius Garland. And if that's the case, then goddamn, they just put themselves in the fucking driver's seat and can do a lot of different things in the offseason. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, re- it's really, in, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the problems for a lot of these teams, they're very macro. Um, on outside of like the the top teams, but we know like what the issues are for the for the Cavs. Like we've talked about this for a year and a half yeah. with the Pelicans. We've talked about this for a year and a half. The question or the problem that a lot of these teams have to solve is: Are you going to have the balls to do something about it? Right. <laughs> I, we. I, I think it's very clear 
that as good as the Cavs are right now, they're not going to win a championship with these four guys. It's just, you're going to get to a point in the playoffs, and this you is sure. I'm 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 very sure, and I I think <laughs> wow. with those, with those down four, if you're sure. I promise you, I would that the Cavs are not going to win. The, <laughs> you the would do that. You're that confident. Wow. Yeah, but I but I do think that most question is valid. Is that is are one of the guys going to be okay if they're not out on the floor, or are we even going to get to the point where those guys aren't out on the floor, and are are all four of them just going to play? Out of out of pride, I don't think they're I don't think they're making the finals. I don't think that they're going to win the finals. And but that's I don't know a lot of the stuff that we've been t- talking about. I've been I've been kind of quiet because I've been sitting here just thinking about a lot of like the the issues. I'm like we kind of like we kind of know like what's what's going on, and they feel very obvious in a way that when we were planning for this episode, I didn't think that they were as obvious. But hearing everybody say it, it, it feels that way. Yeah. yeah. Well. We can just pick other issues that aren't the obvious ones. You know? I know, There's yeah, more yeah. To talk about yeah, than trade Darius Garland. It's got to be that. Maybe, maybe it's our fault. We didn't pick the right problems. <laughs> the problem is yeah, but they're an interesting team. Yeah, we need time to yeah, go yeah, ahead and see what the fuck they got yeah. going on. Yeah, it's just it is what it is that they have conflicting play styles. That it's not a thing like it is with like the Pelicans, where I think inevitably they have to make a change that I don't think it's going to work long term. I think it's possible. We're seeing this team be really good. You just got to figure out the ways to make it work right. Mm-hmm. Figure out the ways to divvy up the the offensive you know possessions. Figure out the ways to stagger Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland to get get the most out of all of them. It's very possible adjustments to make. I don't, can JB Bickerstaff do it? We'll see. Yeah. Tragic. All right, man. cool. All right, who's next? Let's, let's move on to another team and another team that has a very obvious flaw. We're going to talk about the Indiana Pacers and the fact that they can't guard anybody. And they are going to need to figure out how to defend because right now they have the fifth worst <laughs> defense in the league. Even after even after uh, getting Pascal, um, the lineups with Tyrese and Pascal on the floor are amazing de- defensively. And obviously, the the their style of play leads them to to not be great defensively. Right, they have they have made a concerted effort to play a very fast um, and like up and down, very free flowing style of, of basketball. But I think that if you are going to have Pascal, who's a, who's a solid defender, and you're going to have Tyrese as your as your point guard, you're going to need to fill in the gaps very well with um, with defenders. And I think that that's something that they kind of tried to do with Bruce Brown, right, bringing him in. But now that now that Bruce Brown is gone, and now that Buddy Hield is gone. The the rotation around those two guys is very very open to have a lot a lot of like good to elite defenders and they're gonna have to figure out a way to really lock down um, because it's kind of the same thing that we were talking about with the Kings last year where next year if you don't have the the best offense in the NBA history if you don't have the best offense in the league you're gonna have to kind of you know come right back down to the middle and the defense is gonna be the way that, that they're gonna do it. That sounds yeah. like if they don't evolve eventually and like tighten up on some of those things, that sounds a very Sacramento Kings esque to me. Exactly, man. exactly. Yeah, I don't they, think they'll they, get to that yeah, point because Tyrese is great, and that and that's fair. But they did the hard part, right? The hard part is upgrading mm-hmm. at at talent. The hard part is getting somebody else who's all NBA into the into the building, and they they accomplished that. So now you have two two players who are what top 
top 35, top 30 in the league that you can build your team around. You got the guy who didn't really want to be there and Buddy Heald. You got him out of there. And now let's let's start to build, right? Next year, let's see if we can upgrade um, with some more star talent or just really build around the margins defensively. I think the biggest problem is, is Benedict Mathurin ever going to pass the ball or play defense at any point of his career? Is he ever <laughs> going to decide to do something other than get a bucket? That's my biggest worry for them because he's a swing factor in their development of this team. Obviously, Siakam and Tyrese are who they are. Great starting point. Miles Turner is a fantastic center to play next to stars. The wings are the biggest question. We know Neesmith is going to be a 3 and D guy. We don't really necessarily need a big jump from him. But that shooting guard spot is open now with Buddy Hill out the door. Ideally, it'll be Matherin long term. But right now, I think he has a lot of development room that we've yet to see progress in. Averaging less than two assists a game, which is a very, you know, simplistic way of viewing his passing ability. But you watch him, you don't see anything much better either. I regularly see Patriots fans I follow complaining about him that just black hole right now. And if he's not going to make a big leap, that's the position they need to upgrade in the offseason with the yeah. money they have. I I'm actually, I'm not sure how much cap space they're going to have. I forget. But mm -hmm. to me, it's, it's finding the shooting guard of the future. That's going to be the big swing piece for them. Yeah. That's a very fair assessment. But I will say again to the people out there at home, why are you surprised? This is the same dude who came in <laughs> before he played a single game in the NBA who said he was like, yo, I'm the best player in the NBA. He was like, I'm better than LeBron. Just straight up, just laying those groundworks out there. That right there should just tell you, oh, nah, man, we might be cooked when it comes to expecting him to develop as a playmaker in any type of form or limelight at all, bro. They had this man coming off the bench for Buddy Heald, who was even a deeper black hole, bro, and Andrew Nebhardt sometimes, bro. So it's like, can he ever grow out of that? Don't fucking know. Only time can tell. But if he does, you're absolutely right. Isaac, he is a swing factor. The X-Man, whatever word that you whatever word that you want to use for him, he'll take them to that next level and be that third option that every team would love to comfortably have. Side note, Buddy Hilda has been a fucking flamethrower in the four games he played with the Sixers. <laughs> Obviously, mm -hmm. they have no drill on the beat, so somebody has to take a lot of shots. Yeah. He's shooting 10 threes a game, shooting 45%. Just is not missing. Wow. This man... Man, 242 boss man really fucking hated the streets of goddamn Indiana. <laughs> I don't blame him, Isaac, because, hey, I ain't going to lie to you. As soon as I got out of that goddamn city, I started waking up and sleeping a lot better, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but moving on to the next team. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. Let's talk about a fan favorite, people, another team people want to hear us talk about. Mm. I think their biggest problem is, can Draymond Green be the full-time center forever? Is that sustainable for him, for the team? Is that going to cause rebounding issues long-term? And I guess the question, the bigger question is, the answer to that's probably no, right? I imagine they don't want him to be a full-time center forever. Mm -hmm. So it's, what's the alternative? <laughs> like, what do you do if not having him be center forever? Because clearly playing Kevon Looney is not an answer for them as they're trying to maximize Jonathan Kaminga, maximize Draymond himself and everything. Yeah. So I guess my, the problem they have to solve is what's the counter to that? And, you know, in a playoff setting, we've seen them go to this for years. So it's nothing new. But to do it mm. for a sustained period of time, 30 more regular season games, plus that being the norm going to the playoffs, that's that, that brings a lot of pros, right? Like I said, it's maximized Kaminga. The passing that he brings on the five full time has been awesome. It's just been like what we've seen them do in spurts, but as the main look. But that brings negatives too, right? They're a very small team. They're really relying on Wiggins to have max energy and really bring them rebounding. And I don't know if you can rely on that full time. <sighs> yeah, I feel so... Like, it's so nice to see them playing great basketball and Draymond being, like, 
This is one of the best ver- versions of Draymond that we've seen in a couple of years. And that's a lot yeah. to say because, like, they literally won a championship in 2022. But with all that being said, like, you need counters in the playoffs. And I'm not sure if they have the answer to that on their roster currently. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the perfect answer. That's a perfect question to ask for this team. Because if you're going against a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves or the uh, what's another big team out there that's pretty obvious, obviously the, Nuggets, the Denver it, Nuggets. Like, yeah, what are you going to do once that Serbian dude turns his back around? Like I said, bro, you, have no, you don't you don't do anything. You don't do anything. They don't have they don't wrong. have any, any counters. No, this is this is an get someone from the tasers. Forget someone from the stands again to tase him. That's the only option. You're right. You're you right. You're right. That I, I because that's that a option. felony. I forgot about uh, the season ended today. That. They play the Lakers in the playing tournament. That's a big fucking team. And you don't think you, know, you can do it possibly. in one game, right? If it's a one game series or a one game sample size, you might be able to steal one. This they no. they have been so down bad that this is the one thing that has like worked and revived them. And finally, you have Draymond on the floor for a consistent amount of time where he's not going crazy. This is who the Warriors are moving forward. So. Good and mm. bad, yeah. This is this is what it, it's going to be, and so they're going to have to. <laughs> it's, it's funny if they had, you know, if they had a very athletic big man, right? Somebody who could rim run and jump high. Someone like what we thought, <laughs> like what we thought James Wiseman could be. They could be cooking, but they don't, and so this is what this is what they are. Yeah, you know what would be super in the, useful in these last ten games? They're sixth in defense, fourth in offense. And second in rebound percentage. Mm. Can that be sustainable is my question. That's the problem is that, I guess it's not even a problem. I guess this is more of a question because in the 10 games with Draymond here, they've done everything right. So I guess I'm kind of framing it as if it's a problem when so far it's not. So far it's been completely effective and everything you'd want from them. But you see the right. It's just the problem. Yeah, well, the the problem is just like all your eggs are in this basket. And like Mo said, you need counters. Are they going to have options are they gonna have another look they can go to or (laughs) is this the bed that they're putting themselves into and this is the look they're gonna have to go with in every playoff series look man if i am the golden state warriors i'm paying very close attention to the streets to the jails the prisons of detroit to see if that man isaiah (laughs) stewart is out there if he's available has he been cut yet because if we all know he recently just punched the fuck out of drew eubanks you know what i'm saying and i ain't gonna lie to to drew eubanks he said that shit was slight he said it was a weak punch (laughs) I ain't gonna lie, bro. If that was weak, you wouldn't have took his ass to court. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's embarrassing, kind of. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, man. Like honestly, they, I'm seeing so deep into the future, <laughs> and I'm not sure how feasible this option can be long term. I mean, listen. If they play like they have been, it's very feasible, and they'll be fantastic. But we'll see. And honestly, the biggest problem is Clay Thompson. I'm just trying to skate around it, think of something else creative. Tragic. He actually, yeah, he got benched for the first time in a minute uh, before the All-Star game or whatever. But anyways, I guess if I guess we go ahead and move on. Let's go ahead and talk about some ass real quick. OK, <laughs> is, uh, the Portland <laughs> Trailblazers. Damn, Nikhil. Producer Nikhil. Dude, you're not doing yourself any good right now. Viewers, this ass. man is rubbing his hands like he's goddamn Birdman. Look at his lips yeah. and all that. Oh, my goodness, Nikhil. Back up. We can see you. Or at least I can. start biting his lips, applying lotion to his hands. Facts. <laughs> Facts, bro. He's ready. But, um, oh, shit. We're yeah. talking about Kyle Lowry. Let's go. <laughs> oh, Nasty, man. man. Let's talk about some ass. Someone who's just... <laughs> 
let us down in all ways. Let Isaac down specifically because he was the most high into it. And I don't think I would. He talked to me into this one. But DeAndre Aiden, holy fuck, dude. What the <laughs> fuck happened? Your job is so simple. You know, it was not really that simple. But goddamn, can you just be like good? Because right now, it's fucking like, I, I don't know who would be more useful in an NBA court these days. DeAndre Jordan or DeAndre Aiden? It doesn't fucking matter, bro. Give me either. I'll choose. I'll probably choose Aiden or Jordan on the fucking better night bro it's just so bad right now he hasn't done much productive this much he hasn't done anything much productive this season and he's not looking like he's like a valuable piece going towards the future whatsoever he's just one of those meh just a contract type of dude and for someone who's that young just drafted in 2018 that's not what you want to see or hear and have to experience as a blazers fan man tough why is he taking less shots than he did last year Oh my God, bro. <laughs> volume. One That's the biggest issue. Is Jeremy Grant. He's he's less efficient, but it's not it's not that huge of a difference. He's at a fifty. Never mind, it's a big difference. He's at fifty six percent effective <laughs> field goal percentage. Last year he was at fifty nine, so he's less efficient. But why is the volume lower? Why is he not getting the? Why is he not? Uh, my biggest issue with them is we don't talk enough about Chauncey Billups being one of the least impressive coaches in the league, and we give him a pass because they're rebuilding, and there's been other shitty coaches on more popular teams. Chelsea Bluffs has done nothing impressive with this team whatsoever. This team is incoherent. They are not playing a style of ball. That, I think volume of shots is a system issue more than is necessarily just him. He hasn't been effective <laughs> with know. it. But if God, you are yeah. putting in a system that makes the guy that you're giving all this money to put some position to take more shots, what are you doing? They don't know. They, they want Malcolm Brogdon to cook for some reason. They want a veteran presence. He gets a lot yeah, of minutes when he's healthy. That is true. Anthony Simons hasn't been that great because they're, again, incoherent. He's taking bad shots. Scoot Henderson has been up and down because they're incoherent. Their offense doesn't know what the fuck is going on. It's like watching the Nets. It's just a lot of free movement and a lot of nothingness that puts nobody in position to succeed. I don't know why we're not talking more about Chauncey Billups doing a terrible job with his whole tenure there. Well, it's like, what do you expect to do for this man to do? Oh, my God. Lead us with a team full of, like, Damian Lillard and Justice Winslow and Nazir Little. Not <laughs> Justice Winslow. That's past that era. But Nazir Little. Lead us, man. This, he hasn't had those real expectations, so that's why he's been able to, like, skate he's by. He, he's, done, he's made the pieces worse. He's the reason. Like <laughs> no, shit. DeAndre ain't been ass, though. De- literally, Devin Booker and CP3 got his ass traded because he just doesn't fucking try. This is just DeAndre Aiden. I think... It's not only just Chauncey Billups, it's also like DeAndre and just who he might be. Folks been telling us this sure. for a minute now. But it's not just him. Anthony Simons, if you watch him play, his numbers are down now for a decent start because he takes bullshit shots because they don't generate good looks at all. I've watched him a few times over the past couple weeks because I, I have you. Anthony Simons on my fantasy team. So I've been watching them a little bit. Prayers. Bullshit <laughs> basketball, bro. I tried to watch a little bit also for Scoot to see, get a feel for how he's been playing bullshit basketball bro that team is ass and we put all the question all the attention to the wizards to the hornets to the pistons this team is just as atrocious from the top down it's honestly pitiful to watch this is hilarious man. you guys have a lot to get off your chest about the blazers man <laughs> i hate this team bro <laughs> i I, th- I think i mentioned it last episode i forget why but they just they're skating by because nobody gives a shit and it's unfair. They need more criticism. We need to shit on them more. Yeah, <laughs> they Listen, suck. Man. It's okay. They're, they'll be fine. They're so ass. They're They're I mean, they, they won't be they fine. Need it. But it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it my turn? Wait, is it, is it your turn? No, your turn. I think it's okay, Donald. your turn. All Don. right. Let's... Uh, one, one, two, or three. Somebody say a number. Two. two. 
Woo! Right. Look gonna, at us in sync. Look at that. We're going to talk it's about the tween. Boston Celtics now. <laughs> okay. uh, the, the problem with the Boston Celtics that they're going to have to answer is, can you guys not be dumb in the last five minutes of the game? Damn. Uh, they... Offensively, if you look at their clutch numbers, they're actually one of the best clutch teams in the league. They are top five in um, offensive rating and defensive rating in the league. The problem is, I test you. It feels off whenever it gets down um, to to the to the clutch. Numbers wise, their turnover percentage goes drops to twelfth in the league. It's the only. It's one of the main things in terms of like their clutch offense or their clutch stats that isn't on par with the rest of everything else that they do in terms of like, um, you know, like offensive rating, defensive rating, rebounding percentage, all that type of stuff. The turnover percentage falls way down to 12th. And if they can tighten up just a little bit, they can hold on to the ball a little bit in close game situations. I think that over a regular season, you're going to be able to, to stack up wins. You're going to be able to, you know, eventually like talent your way to some wins on like a Tuesday night or whatever. If we're in the playoffs and that turnover percentage and you are not taking care of the ball down the stretch of games, those are swing games. You are going to eventually lose out on those. So my thing for them is, is Jalen Brown going to, uh, you know, is he going to be able to to contain himself, right? When he's handling the ball, is Tatum going to be able to make the correct decisions? Are, are Derek White and Drew Holiday going to be enough of playmakers to set everybody else up in late game situations? That is my question. That is the problem that they have to solve. And if they do solve it, they're winning a championship. But it's a very big if right now. I, you say the numbers are fine, but the eye test looks bad, which is a fun, funny way to fucking frame it. You're like, by the way, this isn't true, but it feels this way. But I, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Because the game, I think the difference is there. You're probably remembering the games where Chris House Porzingis doesn't play because they are night and day different teams. When he's not out there, that offense goes to shit in the final minutes of the game. When he's there, they're largely fine, so he's the biggest swing factor. But I think the biggest reason it feels that way is because they just don't get to the rim at all. You know, it was well talked about. Jason Tatum likes to take jumpers like he's built like Steph Curry when really he's built like LeBron James, and he doesn't understand that and doesn't know the gravity he has as a slasher, refuses to do it. And that's when the biggest problem, right? They're 27th in rim, uh, rim volume. That stands out in the end of games whenever you have 47 minutes of games played, your legs are tired, you're already a three-point heavy team, you're probably going to resort to that because, listen, the other team, they have Giannis in the paint. They're not going to want you to get there. They're going to make it real hard, even harder than they did beforehand when you already weren't getting there. You're going to kick out to that shooter. You're going to fall into those habits at the end of the games whenever you're gassed. That stands out extremely in those situations for them. Tough scene, man. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And I see all those along with, like, the other already natural flaws that we thought that they that their top two players have the redundancy is still there but it looks and feels better than um previous years especially last year drew holiday has been doing drew holiday things very underrated um when it comes to how he's been quarter quarterback in the back end of their defense and whatnot but those still problems still lie and they're again like we can't say anything and leave like or at least i can't say anything and have major predictions about them until i see what happens and yeah like i, I see i see those same problems for sure yeah all right, all right cool. they're gonna make the fucking finals man they're, they're one of those things there's not much to say no, like, no that's that's the thing the difference between them is are you going to just make the finals or are you are you going to win it 
right? That's that's yeah, where yeah. we're at with with Boston is win the championship or not. This is like the one of the few flaws that they actually have. So yeah, but that yeah. that's a mm-hmm. that's a problem for them. Yeah, yeah they're one yeah, of the most. You guys really got to pick at straws with them because they're so damn near perfect. Yeah, exactly, bro. They're one of the most flawless teams in the entire NBA. Like during the trade deadline, they everyone, all the Boston Celtics fans are fucking maniacs. Of course, every NBA team <laughs> thinks like, or every NBA fan thinks they have major flaws, maniacs. but they went ahead and like traded for Jaden Springer, and I'm like, God damn, when when does the rich stop getting richer? Like Jaden Springer's a nice player, but whatever. Side tangent. Like I agree, we can move on. Um, to the next team. Team's actually playing on the screen right now, the Atlanta Hawks. Ass. Um, <laughs> God damn, there's like so much to dive into. Since we've last talked about the Hawks, they have been like a ton of Trey Young trade rumors flying around and stuff like that. But when it comes to just like what's wrong with the team, we all know, we all saw the DeJounte Murray rumors. I'd like to go ahead and take the spotlight onto someone else though and not saying something that like everyone basically knows or whatever mm-hmm. so Clint Capella he's very much on <laughs> Andre Drummond type of timing all the Hawks Ooh, fans the Hawks fans, you knows you know you know you fucking know every time this dude <laughs> gets an offensive rebound he puts this bitch up immediately someone be cutting, <laughs> could be cutting right in front of his face he's not passing the ball to you buddy he's throwing that bitch up he is bricking it because sometimes he has oven mitts on when he's close to the rim. How? I don't know. They're probably <laughs> invisible, bro. Clint Capella. He leads the league when it comes to tipping attempts. That is very impressive. That just means you have to get a lot of rebounds. But at the same time, he shoots 40% on those tipping attempts. Tipping attempts. The only player in the NBA. absurd. 40% is disgusting. Right behind him is DeAndre or Andre Drummond right now. It's disgusting basketball that we're witnessing, and I've had to deal with this for the entire tenure. Right now, it's just at an all-time bad frame right though. That's it. It's trash. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Andre Drummond timing for real. That's crazy. Wow. What a, yeah. For the audio listeners, Nikhil pulled up a graphic that Mo's referencing, the most tipping attempts this season. 80 attempts for Clint, 40%. Andre Drummond has 74 attempts for 39%. Like like Donovan said, literally Andre Drummond time. They're head and shoulders above the rest of the league. Next one after that is Anthony Davis at 59 attempts. A whopping 64%. This man doesn't miss those. Jesus Christ. Uh-oh. Those two guys stand alone <laughs> in their own tower of shit. That's crazy. Listen, listen, <laughs> not not too much, not too much. Because Wemby is down there at 43 and a half percent. He's not not too far behind. The the attempts Wemby is 19 years old. The attempts are not there. But that's not what I want yeah. to see from Wemby. It's not. Yeah, Wemby's you're seven built five. like a string bean. <laughs> you're seven five. I can't wait Figure to just switch the football. I don't care if you're I can't 19. I don't care if you're 14. Man. If you're seven five. You're gonna, get the tippins. You can have the nastiest arguments against this man, bro. And I cannot wait to bring this <laughs> nah, shit up. I love Wemby, though. I love Wemby. That's my guy. <laughs> I I wish um, I could say that about Clint Capella. Long story short, we can go ahead and turn the page. Clint Capella needs to be gone from the Hawks. It's Onyeka Okongwu's time to fucking shine. Bet. Let's go. I saw another name on there. Ivisa Zubac was also at 43%. That can transition me to my next team, the Los Angeles Clippers. Woo-hoo. This team's biggest problem, and again, this is another team similar to the Celtics that doesn't really have a big problem right now. They're kind of on fucking fire. Up there with the Nuggets as the two favorites to get out of the conference, most likely. I think they're in the... up there. Those two teams plus Celtics are the inner, inner circle title contenders. If I'm going to pick a weakness for this team... It's probably dealing with size. 
isn't the biggest team in the world. You know, James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi. Uh, who's a, oh, who's the other starter I'm blanking on? Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann and Zubac. Yeah. After Zubac, it's a very small team. Kawhi's essentially their power forward. And it's not a huge problem, you know, brings more pros and cons. But we've seen them lose to the Timberwolves twice in the past month. Obviously, they got to deal with the Nuggets who have a certain somebody that's a 7-2, not 7-2, a 7-foot monster that's coming to eviscerate Zubac in a playoff series. Hmm. We know in those games against the Timberwolves, we've really seen the Timberwolves' like entire blueprint for how to win games work. They outsize them. They beat them up on the rebounds. The Timberwolves had a 33% offensive rebound percentage. Ridiculous. You're out, getting offensive rebound on a third of your shots is absurd. The Timberwolves got to the rim 41% of the time in that game, 83rd percentile. They shot 78% at the rim that game. You go through all the different signifiers that would make you think about size, and the Timberwolves really succeeded against the Clippers. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a couple of game sample size, but it, it makes sense, right? Kawhi Leonard is your second biggest player in your starting lineup. That's not the biggest starting lineup in the world, you know, not the strongest rebounding core. A lot of pressure on James Harden to rebound and play defense. Paul George has to really lock in. And I can just see a world where if you're already not the biggest team and you're the two biggest threats in your conference are fucking gigantic, that could be an issue to figure out. And, you know, they have one P.J. Tucker sitting on ice waiting to pull out any moment. Maybe <laughs> that's why they're saving him for a playoff series to throw him out there and go harass Carl Anthony Towns. We'll see. But something to monitor on a very close to perfect team. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. I I don't I don't think that, that there's much to say. They have <laughs> all stars at nearly every other position. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's either it's either the Terrence Man that we're singling out. Um all right, cool. No, I I I 100 percent agree with that. The Clippers have are one of the most flawless teams, crazy to say now, looking back on what they were in the first 10 games in the NBA season. But size is the only real thing, and I believe like Almost every single team in the entire Western Conference, except for maybe like two, can say similar things to them. But it just really hurts a team like the Clippers because they're just as strapped as as strapped as as everyone else. Yeah. Um, I don't. You give me three teams I don't want to talk about, so I'm mm-hmm. going to skip the Hornets, Washington, and Jazz. <laughs> After that, I have two more teams left. I don't know how many you guys have left. I so currently I have, have four teams left. Damn. I know. Yeah, and I have five. I know this. I guess the mo- the two like most interesting teams to talk about right now uh, that I have left are the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets. For the Houston Rockets, we can just like get straight into that one right there. They need to figure out one of one of the biggest problems that they have is Jalen Green. Obviously, we know that he's been he's starting to get like phased out of their young core. Um, of course, I said it earlier in the season, got his chain snatched by Alfred Sengun. Dylan Brooks <laughs> is now like one of the more important factors of their team. Fred Van Vliet now runs that show. Amen Thompson is there. And also Cam Whitmore. As time goes on and on and on and on, it seems like he might be the answer for this team. Long-term solution at that two spot. And at this point in time, you have to make a decision on Jalen Green. He's a lot of fans are has started to turn against him and it's really showing. And now like people are at this point to where like, damn, should we have traded this man at the, tra- at the trade deadline? Because right now, like this team, they're very much in the pl- in the play in race and also in the playoff race at some point in time earlier in the season. And now that's not even fucking up for the question or debate. They're the most, they're one of the most 500 teams, although they're not 500 right now. They're like 26 and 30 or some shit like that. And so one of the most 500 yeah. teams, even though they're not 500, <laughs> 
<laughs> what a Stamp sentence. that. That's a bar. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> exactly. They're not ass, but at the same time, they're not like a great team necessarily. And if you're a Rockets <laughs> fan, like this is a good step in the right direction when it comes to development. And now it's just like the huge elephant in the room is like, this dude is a problem. How are we going to fix it? Yeah, fair. Yeah, it's I don't even at this point, you just got to wait, right? Like it's they're at a point where they're waiting and hoping that the small flashes we see of Jalen Green every year. He has these random game stretches where he doesn't miss shots. They're just waiting for that to become a consistent thing. There's very little you can do. You know, there's reports they're considering a lineup change. They decided against that. I Doka said today they're going to continue with their lineup going to the second half of the season. Yeah. There's very little adjustments you can make for Jalen Green at this point. Most of the time, he shoots under 30% from three. When he gets really hot, he shoots, shoots, makes every shot, and it looks great. But he's such an inconsistent shooter that it puts you in a tough spot because he shows just enough flashes you can't give up on him, but just enough inconsistency that you're like, fuck, is there any other option? Mm. Yeah. They're Mm -mm -mm. they're in a super tough spot. They're in a super tough spot. But, again, overall, W season for the Houston Rockets. Can't be too upset. I mean, we got to... We got a few more big teams to talk about before we rapid fire through the ones we don't care about. Don, what's your next team? Uh, big team. Honestly, all four of mine can go into rapid fire, but we we'll talk we'll talk about this. I can go ahead. We'll talk about this. I, I'll say okay. this team. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, okay. Their problem or issue is they need to figure out what they want to do with their cap space this offseason. Um, whether or not they want to go with depth or or you know really go mm-hmm. st- really go star hunting and get a get a second a second secondary star next to Embiid because obviously now that his injury um, has you know taken him out of the game for a while those questions of is he ever going to be healthy enough for a prolonged playoff run get heightened get louder and it's a lot to put on Tyrese Maxey at this stage in his career even going into next year to be able to carry this team to be competent if Embiid ever goes out so they need to they need to figure out what they want to do around Embiid and around Maxey I like that mm. yeah because you know it's it's hard it's hard to talk about the Sixers right now because Joel Embiid might be out for the whole season we're kind of just like just dancing waiting, around the truth yeah. until they can like they're currently clearly grasping for straws, hoping they can surprise themselves and figure out a timeline for him to come back. But it seems like the writing's on the wall that he might be done for the year. So this is the time I'm very okay with looking forward to next season because if he's out for the year, they're obviously cooked beyond repair. All 100%. conversation is nuked, null and void. What the fuck do you do? You guys want us to talk about Buddy Heald and him being a flamethrower? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, man, I can't do it. I don't got it in me. How they cut da- what's his name, Daniel House? What, how are they going to replace his minutes? I don't fucking know, and I don't care. But <laughs> another interesting. Buddy Heald's gonna be a free agent this year. Do you think he's part of the people they give the money to? Um, I mean, pr- probably. It, it depends if if he goes out swinging. Like, if he's playing at this level, then you have to give him that money, whatever that money looks like. His he's value is so hard to gauge, though. He's probably last case resort that if there's nothing else to do, you just re-sign him on a team-friendly deal. That's a pretty good fallback plan, honestly. If not, he's a one-year rental, and that's fine, too. You didn't give yeah, a lot to get like him. A, a second-round pick, so basically nothing. So, yeah, I guess so. Buddy Heels are really not like... He shouldn't be... You shouldn't build your offseason or heavily plan for Buddy Heels. Just a nice guy to have, for sure. They're trying to use that cast space on Buddy Heald and Gary Trent Jr. Oh, my God. Yuck. In hell. <laughs> oh, Gary Trent Yuck. Jr. Don't put that in the air for Sixers fans. Oh, my God. That's gross, bro. Listen, Clay Thompson's an unrestricted free agent. That's all I'm saying. Everybody's been putting that in the air, and that would be cool to see. But at the same time, 
Yeesh, man. That's their that's their bang? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. We'll see, man. Who's your next team, Mo? Yeah, so my next team, I'm going to tee up to you guys because I've had like the very uh, the very same strong stance about them throughout the entirety of the season. The Oklahoma City Thunder, as of late, they made a move in the trade deadline, obviously traded for Gordon Hayward. Good move still. But me personally, I would say still the biggest problem for this roster and how deep of a playoff run they can go and how much versatility they have is their big man position. Ted Holmgren is easily one of the three most versatile big men in the entire NBA. But who is behind him? Who is behind him when it comes to having that like line of fire? I don't really see too much. I don't think there's anybody there. That's my biggest problem. What are you guys' biggest problem for the OKC Thunder? Um, the coach really loves Josh Giddy, and Josh Giddy sucks. A hundred percent. Sucks is extreme. Sucks is dramatic, but he is not a good fit with this current starting lineup. And he is currently has a lot of investment, probably from front office down. His coach really believes in him being a long-term connector on this team and sees a vision of him working and wants that to be the case. So they're trying to play through the issues and find a best case scenario where plug and play, it works well. His outside shooting is good enough that you can use his passing, use his whatever qualities you want to look for him on the positive side and yada, yada, yada. But he's actively hurting them on both sides of the ball. Smart teams are realizing they don't got to guard him. Makes his passing less valuable. Makes his rim finishing less valuable. He's not a good defender. I'm even more worried about that in a playoff setting than I am the size, honestly. Talk mm. to talk to him. Yeah, and I that that is my, my biggest problem. But I think that Gordon Hayward's going to be able to come in and alleviate a lot of that stuff. The giddy thing is just much more long-term in terms of like how long are they going to stick with Josh Giddy on, on their team are they are they going to get to a point where they can flip him for positive assets right and you and you don't necessarily like is Josh Giddy going to get so bad that you're going to have to attach an asset to get rid of him I don't oh no exactly exactly I don't I don't think that's going to be the case hopefully in rookie contract ho- hopefully it never gets to to that but that is going to be something that that they monitor and so but the the big man they're they're going to be okay, and there's going to be lineups um, where them going small. It's going to be like the Clippers, where they they don't have a lot of size, but it works for them, and they have they have advantages, and their play style is based off of that. So the same thing goes with the Thunder. They've been able to build this great season, this great resume because of how they play right now. So it's either this or nothing. So I I'm okay on on the big man thing. Yeah, me too. I, I, at first, I was with you, but the more I thought about it, listen, every team has their pros and cons of their style of play. This isn't 1995. It's not like end-all, be-all with size. I know Timberwolves fans, I want you to believe that, that like if you're smaller, you're not going to win in a series. End of the day, you are smaller, but you have better shooting. You have better playmaking. Every position on the court can ball handle, can screen, can shoot. Brings them lots of advantages that you wouldn't have if you play Bismarck beyond big minutes. So Definitely. not so worried about that. I am worried about the 6-8 liability they have on the wing and Giddy, who makes their offense two points possessions worse and their defense three points or possessions worse, giving him a whopping five, minus five net rating when he's in the court compared to on off the court. Mm. See, uh, I can agree with that. But here's my thing. 
and I'll give you guys some pushback. With Josh Giddy, you just traded for Gordon Hayward. Isaiah Joe is on the bench. Carson Wallace is still there. You have options, and you have the mm-hmm. ability to go ahead and change your fucking mind. But when it comes to like needing another extra big body in there with Chet Holmgren, for whatever situation it is, my only issue is that you don't have any options to change your mind. You don't have any counters or anything like that. The line is very yeah, short. The list is very short. So that's my biggest issue with Josh Giddy. He can be replaceable. I can already envision him in closing lineups alongside or Gordon Hayward in closing alongside in closing lineups alongside Shea and Chet and all that. But you can't fix the issue of like not having enough bigness on the team whenever you need it in those certain instances. And these instances are, and these instances are important in the playoffs. Yeah, the only the real problem is if Chet, you know, being a young player, gets into foul trouble in these games, that's when it becomes an issue. Which, exactly. you know, like you said, could happen any moment, and you don't have a big alternative after that. I, I wonder if they address that in the offseason. Because they could have. They could have if they wanted to. So clearly they don't see it as a big issue. I guess it really just comes down to do we see it become an issue? It'll kind of just be a results-based thing. I think we say that they, they, they could have resolved the issue, but at the same time, like one of the bigger trade targets in my head was like some like Andre Drummond, but apparently the Chicago Bulls are like 10 toes down on staying and committing to the mid outside of that. Like yeah, well, there they are, they don't need many... Andre Drummond because well, no, that was just an did. example. I know. I know. But like they didn't do that because they want to play five out. Right. They could have got Kelly Olenek banging on everyone banging on that drum for months. Like get him. He's a perfect fit. They didn't do it. So I wonder if they just have more faith in big Jalen Williams than we do. Uh, yeah, I think maybe, it's maybe. teams also trying to price gouge them also along with that, which is very understandable yeah. and logical. All right, yeah. Another one of those teams that listen at the top end don't have a lot of flaws. Uh, maybe their biggest problem is youth, right? Inexperience that come, come to hurt them like it does a lot of young teams. Yeah. We'll see. I agree. So to speed run through the rest of my teams, I got the Spurs. They just need to get out of the in denial stage that some of their young players are in. I'm looking at you, Devin Vassell. Sometimes I look at you, Jeremy Sohan. Uh, next team, we can speed run through the Phoenix Suns. Rap, Bradley Beal, and some bubble wrap at all times. <laughs> I just saw another injury report today about Bradley Beal. It's a goddamn shame. The Orlando Magic, <laughs> get Markel Fultz out of here. Ship him to some other team that needs like help. The Washington Wizards. It doesn't matter. I don't, it don't really, it don't, it's not about them. It's about the Orlando Magic and their development. And that's all the teams I got. Great. Yeah. I don't even, I'll let that rapid fire be the rapid fire then. <laughs> Listen, I have the Hornets. I have written down, get more talent. They stink. <laughs> They're entering another rebuild after an unsuccessful rebuild because in one year they drafted Kai Jones, James Booknight, and JT Thor. Tough. Which, as a league, it's not a lot of talent. On his way, not a lot of talent. Not a lot of talent. Okay, they suck, and if they start over, essentially, around Brandon Miller and Lamelo, which isn't a bad place to and start. And Trey Mann, no. yeah, and Trey Mann, great. So they have at least one more year of needing a good draft class, potentially two. Uh, not much to say besides they have to just get more good players because they failed at that so far. Pain. Washington, I wrote down. Can they find a coach that can extract value out of pool? Because they're another team like the Trailblazers that are currently in hell, just running around doing a whole lot of nothing. Jordan Poole has quickly become a albatross of a contract. Mm. They have to find a way to salvage him, whether it be to make him a part of the young core or to find value so he isn't just going to be a disgusting contract until it runs out. He's just sad, and man. Damn. For the Jazz, I wrote, can Keontae George be the lead guard of the future? Do they have to go PG again in this draft? No, they I don't because we got DeJounte Murray waiting for them right now, buddy. <laughs> answer. There you go. <laughs> Home answer. There we go. <laughs> 
Then I have the Nuggets, who I said are currently 19th in rim volume this year and dead last in transition points per play. Can they get past this malaise and actually try so they can do well in those things? Because that's their biggest problem is all the high effort things, getting running out in transition, getting to the rim, your bench lineups. They haven't been good at this year. I think a lot of that is foot off the gas, waiting for the playoffs to come around. But that's quite the gamble to play when you have the hope they can actually turn it up and it's not just who they are. And if that is who they are, that gives them a little bit less juice than they had last year. Tough. <sighs> we ain't worried right. about them. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, I'm going to go with my rapid fire. I have three teams. First one, Chicago Bulls. Listen, figure yourselves out, man. Go go handy yourself. <laughs> you, you, you Therapy. Know, that's you, that's a you problem. Know Therapy. Come on, Chicago. All right, next one, Sacramento Kings. You need more talent, right? I don't think that the duo <laughs> of of De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis is going to be a championship core, much less a core that can that can make you a top four seed, right? Either switch out your your parts in terms of Sabonis or Fox, or add another star and get a big three going in Sacramento. But you need an upgrade in what you're doing. I think that the base and the foundation of your team is not good enough. So that that's what I have for Sacramento. And then my last one for the New York Knicks. The, uh, the biggest problem that they need to overcome is that the coach tries to kill the player sometimes by overworking them. <laughs> if he cannot, right, if he cannot do that, the, considering that Brunson, OG, and Randall are all hurt right now, or actually, no, Brunson came back. Um, but, um, but yeah. Hardenstein. Yes. If Tom Thibodeau can limit his, everybody's going to play 47 to 48 minutes a night, we will be good. So, yeah, that's the biggest problem they have to overcome. Listen, Donovan. There you go. Yeah, they got to go on strike and form a Knicks labor union. Yeah, and if that doesn't work, working conditions. I'm in in New York still. I got the NYPD on my line right now. I am itching to press nine one one and call Tibbs out for potential manslaughter. (laughs) (laughs) Manslaughter. (laughs) Wow. All man. That's the end of this. We went through every single NBA team. Gave their biggest problem. It's a long episode so far. Mo, what time is it? Crown Eaters, rejoice! Appear! Show yourselves! It's time. <laughs> Woo! Welcome to TikTok time. As always, we're going to start with the draft. This time, we're going to get back to something we did a while ago, I think last year. We're going to draft the worst NBA players you possibly can. You know, we have body, shooting, handles, passing, finishing. We're going to pick the shittiest skills imaginable. But we've got a twist. We're going to draft them from only all-star players. So you got to pick the worst skills from the best players in the NBA. Love mm. it. Love it. A little, yep. little, little shake-up. So, little, little counterintuitive. But it's going to it's gonna be great. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it? There's, there's no easy layups, right? There's nobody that you can just pinpoint as like, oh, this is the worst player on his team. You can just pick his. <laughs> yeah. No layups like that. So you got to get, get a little creative. I already know the strategy behind this. Let's do it. Do you have a strategy behind this? Hell Yeah. <laughs> I come with a strategy okay, uh, every time. <laughs> and it's only all stars from this year. Okay. Yeah. So makes sense. Keep that in mind. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So real simple. <laughs> Let's draft the worst NBA players possible with only skills from 2024 NBA all stars. First pick, give me Jalen Brunson's body. Mm. I, I knew you were going to okay. go there. I knew you were going <laughs> to go there. It's okay. Listen, these are the most, the best athletes in the world. Give me the worst athlete of the bunch. You know what? That's very solid. I think I just went up to you, though. Give me the first white man off the board, Nikola Jokic, to give me his body. If you tell him it's an all-star game, he is not moving at all, bro. And I need that on my team. 
I need that. <laughs> it's not an All Star game. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a big nimble body. I'm gonna tell him it's an All Star game though. Trust me. <laughs> Listen. Sometimes I be selling drafts. I understand that that has become my reputation. Not this one. If we're building the worst play, I got this. Give me Trey Young's body, <laughs> and give me okay. and give me Giannis's okay. shooting. Wow, there you go. a little That's guy hot. that can't shoot is terrible. Yeah, he's a trash ass. Come Holy on now. Fuck. Okay. Come on now. You're cooking. You're cooking. You're cooking. Okay. So that loops back to me. So I got shooting, handles, passing, and finishing left. And with that Handles being said, on there. defense is on there. Oh, really, bro? I'm tripping balls right now because I. OK, no, I'm not. Never mind. Sweet. <laughs> OK, cool. So for defense, go ahead and give me the dude who couldn't guard the, the bathtub in my bathroom. Damian Lillard. <laughs> okay. I, need, I need his defense immediately. That's good. Damn, thank God you did that. There's one more non-shooter here. Give me Bam Adebayo shooting. Oh, mm. uh, listen, you're knocking okay. down crazy 18 footers. That's not, that's not too bad. It's <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> so at least you're yeah. quick. I'm not quick and I can't shoot. We're tough. We're cut. <laughs> and then we're going to go next. Oh, playmaking Jalen Brown. Okay. Oh, okay. damn. He was on the board. That's I don't tough. got one redeeming quality yet. <laughs> damn. He was on the board. That's tough. Pretty much everyone else, like after that, it's like adequate. So it's like fuck. <laughs> that might yeah. be the steal of the I draft can't dribble, right there. I can't pass. I'm not fast. I can't shoot. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> what does he do? <laughs> that might be the steal of the draft right there. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? Did you just build Thanasis? <laughs> Can you? Oh clap? my god! It's always Thanasis with you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> leave, leave him alone. Leave the yeah, analysis right. alone. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, my bad. I gotta, re- I gotta respect the ball podcast. I gotta respect the ball podcast. All right. So, damn, this is tough now because everyone else on this list is like pretty good at all these things. So, for <laughs> playmaking, give me Kawhi Leonard, I guess. The most mid playmaker ever. <laughs> okay. Pretty solid playmaker, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no one's talking about his playmaking, though. All right, for defense... Give me Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> Terrible defender. Cone. Cone. Worse than Dame. Cone. And then for playmaking. Cone. Hmm. For playmaking, give me. Give me Carl Anthony Towns for playmaking. <laughs> He's good okay. to throw one into stands every now and then. I yep. like that. Yep. Okay. I like you that. You playmaking to the other team? Damn, Guys, I, bro. I, listen, I, I'm pretty far ahead right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty far ahead. I don't know. I have Jalen Brunson's body and Jalen Brown's passing. Yeah, but I ain't gonna lie. Trey Young's body's a real. He's Trey Young's just a regular dude, bro. He's like one sixty foot. He's quick as hell. <laughs> but Brunson is fast and helps with his big body no, as not. well. He's no, quick. Not. He definitely is quick. He's My quick. Guess. Underrated. Underrated. Quick. Yeah, he's for sure quick. <laughs> All right. So he's twitchy. I guess yeah. that's a that's a good way to put it. Sneaky that's a good athletic. Way to put it. <laughs> He shifts, he shifts around a little bit. Herky jerky. <laughs> That's gross, bro. All right. So for finishing, go ahead and give me 35-year-old KD. He don't have no rim pressure anymore. Tough scene. That's the best way I can go. You're kind of building a really good player. <laughs> Am I? Low-key. No, Is that like Jokic really gets to the rim like KD? That's a decent player. 
Yeah. Not, not can get to the rim like, like Katie. It's can you finish at the rim like Katie? Getting to the rim yeah. is different. Well, that's his problem. When he gets to the rim, Katie's fine. But he, yeah, you're right. Nah, there you go. You played yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking through it too much. I should have shut up. There you go. Wrapped you into a fucking whole mental gym. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, wait. Nobody's picked this yet. Oh, wait, no. Mm, actually, do I'm it. Go there. Do it. Choke, choke, nah. choke, choke, choke. Listen, this guy's gotten better defensively. Still not great. Give me Luka Doncic's defense. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. Literally, it was either body or defense for him, bro. Like, <laughs> there's nothing else that could have been chosen. Listen, he's 6'8 and he's a little more athletic than you think. Uh, his body's a little too good for this conversation. Pause. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> finishing. We're going to go with finishing. You picked all the players I wrote down already. Fuck. Everybody in the everybody All Star game is a good finisher. I know. <laughs> you know what? I was stuck. Everybody bro. in the All Star game is a good finisher. Give me the guy with the lowest IQ finishing. Give me Julius Randle. Oh, forget he was an All Star. When it's a good take, he's a great great finisher. But he will take the worst shots, the most ill advised shots at the rim. I need his finishing brain. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. He's never Damn. seen a big man he doesn't want to barrel into. <laughs> that's hilarious bro just a boy trying that's to shop pick. I get it I get it <laughs> I, I understand that's hilarious bro Listen, he, 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 he works on those <laughs> he works on those muscles he wants to use them <laughs> damn alright so for shooting literally every single all-star is a good shooter so with that being said give me someone who was at all-star weekend Donovan Smoot for shooting if you know you know <laughs> I won <laughs> <laughs> undefeated i got the okay, worst okay, i need an actual one for the tiktok because the tiktok people won't get that joke so go ahead and pick a real pick <laughs> oh bro all right real pick give me someone who give me anthony davis someone who was supposed to take six threes a game but ends up taking two now tough scene <laughs> 80's a good pick i wasn't picking him so you took bam you're gonna pay yeah, for i had your no crimes, choice bro. you're gonna pay for <laughs> you're gonna send the fbi at my door under, understand that it's okay. <laughs> you right. have the clutch collection now, coming, so you're dude. not finna hit up Rich Paul. <laughs> Any, anyways, why are you exposing me right now? Like, listen, <laughs> relax, <laughs> relax. Anyways, right, for finishing, you can't finish at the rim if you don't go to the rim. So give me somebody who loves step backs and who loves tough middies, Jason Tatum. That I see the logic is the I best like you the can way do. You looped it. It's the, it's the best, listen, the best every, you can do. Everybody in the All Star game is jumping forty eight inches in the air and dunking. <laughs> like this, this is all I it's all I had. <laughs> listen, it's a good spin on an otherwise unexciting pick. It's all I had. <laughs> it's the best you can do. He's yeah. an All Star. What could we do? God I, respe- damn it. I respect the logic. All right, Tough. so my team, my player, my fucking unit, I built the body of Jalen Brunson, the shooting of Bam Adebayo, the defense of Luka Doncic. The playmaking of Jalen Brown and the finishing of Julius Randle. <laughs> this nice, is just Jalen Brunson if he didn't have a three-point shot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <Low-key. laughs> that, that's, re- that's really what this is. I, yeah, I feel Holy like this shit. is a very real player in NBA This is Jalen right Brunson now. without a three-point shot. Slightly but if Jalen lo- Brunson couldn't like. shoot, if he couldn't shoot, this is Raymond Felton. <laughs> Yeah, true. Or this could be goddamn Jordan Poole this season. Tough scene. <laughs> He's not built like God. that. Who you got? Yeah, so I got Jokic for body, D Smoot slash AD for shooting, Dame for <laughs> defense, Kawhi for playmaking, and finishing. I got KD. 
I'm I'm trying to be calm. I'm actually pissed off. <laughs> uh, I really am trying to be calm. It's okay. He's so easy to trigger. He's so heated. I love it. Nah, bro. Because people people just be bullying others like for no reason. It's crazy. <laughs> um, all right. So for body over I have, one missed pointer. Shut for, up. For body, <laughs> I know your capabilities. It wasn't. Down, it wasn't you on the video. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't you. Though. Okay. Anyways, uh, for body I have Trey Young. Shooting I have Giannis. Defense I have uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Playmaking Car Anthony Towns. Finishing Jason Tatum. Yeah, outside of fini- outside of finishing, my my player's kind of bad. Is this is this Russell Westbrook without passing? Stop that. <laughs> mm. I mean, is this this is rookie Russell Westbrook without good passing? Not even. God, you Who just is? built Julian Newman. Congratulations, Donovan. <laughs> Did you build rookie Dennis Smith? <laughs> Is that what I Damn, built? You actually cooked is this. Is this Quinn Henderson? <laughs> oh, that's tough. I want. I was thinking that too, but I didn't want to say it to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so he's paying the rookie tax. It's yeah. fine. He'll get better. Pain. Now, last end of the draft. Next thing we're gonna do, a tier list of sorts. We're gonna put NBA logos into a tier list. How Fire. <laughs> nah, makes sense. We are loving it. Real simple. I got twelve NBA logos for y'all. We're going to put them in a tier list based on just, I don't know, the design, the vibe, how well it fits the city, you know, just how strong of a logo these are. Say say the word. Say the word. <laughs> Aura? Exactly. That's what we're ranking this on. <laughs> I'm happy you got straight to it. Let's do Come it. Come on. There we go. Stop so, being around the bush. Let's put these NBA logos into a tier list. First off, the Chicago Bulls. Listen, this is an S tier logo in my opinion. This is one of the best logos in the in the league. Listen, 2012 era, swag era, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing this shit on a snapback. Woo! This logo has stood the test of time. It's fashionable. It looks good. It's ferocious. Easy S tier. That was real fashion. Y'all. I don't know anything about that. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all never wore fire red threes with a snapback. Back in what? 2012, 2013, they had the entire nation in a headlock. <laughs> Brother, when, they get, belts, when it gets hot, camo shorts, when it gets socks, hot, and you put the snapback on your belt loop. I don't know about this, man. These are recipes. This is real <laughs> fashion. <laughs> Definitely yes, dude. <laughs> Our viewers were like two years old at the time. <laughs> no facts. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I don't think y'all don't get it. Y'all don't understand. You weren't outside. You never will. It's fine. Don't Quite literally. Try to get it. If you know, you know. <laughs> you just don't even try to catch up. <laughs> Next up, the Brooklyn Nets. This is ass. I'd be the first one to say that. <laughs> it's just so bland, boring. It's big, bulky. It looks like a police officer badge when I first like, really took a does. quick glance at it. Bros want to be security. <laughs> he thinks he's a cop. What the fuck is going on right now? Relax and stick to your job. I put this in F. Gotham PD. The feds, F, F for feds? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is just trash. Boo. The colors are cool. Black and white. How can you fuck that up? They found a way to fuck that up. Easy enough. <laughs> Boring font. It's just the ball. No aura. Yeah, no. Trash. <laughs> Fucking crest. Ew. <laughs> Next up, the Memphis Grizzlies. Mixed feelings about this one right here. Exactly. The colors exactly. are cool. You got mixed feelings? I think this is hard as shit. I think I'm going to go A. Hard as shit is a stretch. This is a good logo. Thank That's you. a cool looking bear. It depends on what jersey they cool looking bear. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it depends. Jerseys are irrelevant. This is a logo to your list. But that's what I'm saying. It depends on what the jersey is that makes it look better. 
Nope. I, I kind of want to put logo. this. Look at that B. picture and tell me what you think about that picture. B. I kind of want to put this at a B because it's just one of those good mid-tier logos. There's nothing ferocious. It's not wearable like the Bulls logo was. But the colors are cool, and you can't really overall hate on it. It's just solid. I think if Michael Jordan played for this team, we'd be looking at this logo damn near the same. But that's he what did you should have started off with. Nobody respects Zach Randolph anymore. Yeah. Instead, we had Costa Kufic. So it's over, bro. <laughs> Put this at a B. You fucking slaughtered that name. But okay. That is not, I that that is Costa not his name. Costa Kufic. That's not what his family I'm calls him. I hate I hate myself now. What is what is his name again? Costa Kufus. There we Kufus. go. What the fuck did you just say? Was that not it? All right, you next, next one, next worse. one. You're disrespecting his lineage no, every time. I gotta you say hear it. it. I gotta hear the legend, bro. I gotta hear it. Please, someone <laughs> that clarify was that. So bad. His name is Costas Kufus. Did I not say that? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I thought I said for a second. Costa Kufus. No way. Kufagashi Dasi. Slaughtered it. Uh, All right, next up, the Dallas Mavericks. This is good. This is a good logo. I think this is solid. Big ass gulp, you gulper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, take a second. My throat's a little scratchy. Down the hatchet. What is this? Down the hatchet. This this is like a D. I remember this is D? D. Wow. It's not good. They need a rebrand bad. They've had this logo for way too long. They want, I guess they want it to be like a classic or something. It's not. It looks dated as hell. It's not good. Oh my god! It's not good. You saw this logo when you loaded up NBA Street. So <laughs> it's 2024. What about we it? We have we have Apple Pro goggles, and it's. I'm still seeing the same thing. <laughs> Switch it up. Switch it up. Be creative. No, they need to rebrand back. Color outside the don't. lines, Dallas. I'll go see. Oh my gosh! You guys don't appreciate the mystical figure that that horse is right there, bro. This is a solid B in my opinion. B? I kind of would put this at eight. We, we can't. We you can't. just call it mystical. Yeah. Do you see that horse? You say you never seen a horse that looked like that a day in your goddamn life, and you're lying to me if you tell me you did. Stop that. Listen, when I grew this up, horse my is movie special. Spirit. I've seen that horse plenty of times. You were a horse. You goddamn liar. <laughs> were you the no, horse girl? No, our fans. No. Were you the oh horse girl of your of your class? <laughs> anyway, this is C tier. <laughs> he was. Bro. He was. He was the horse girl. No, if you don't watch Spirit, you don't know Ball by Disney movies. That was that was the movie. <laughs> this man, this man was calling That's himself a stallion. <laughs> stallion. Oh my god! But this isn't C tier. Move on. Okay. Whatever. This Next is a up, veto. the San Antonio Spurs. Listen, Loki kind of hard. Mixed feelings, bro. It is, is hard. An, I mean, it's kind of hard because it is a spur. Mean? It is a spur. This is what they look it's like. It's in the name. <laughs> I, I when I was a like kid, it. I thought it was a field goal post. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> but listen, it's unique. It has character. Represents the city. Solid B. I was thinking A. I could no. go. I could go with A. The the colors are very solid. I could go with A for sure. Colors are very solid. They, the spur is too much into right gray now. these days. You said what? I feel like it leans too much into gray rather than black and white. Maybe, maybe that's a Jersey conversation. So never mind. Yeah. The logo that itself is, is very hard compared a. to its counterpart. All right. Spurs, welcome to A tier. We got it. Next up, the Indiana Pacers. Ooh. I feel like we've spent all week hating on Indiana. And now we're just <laughs> going to keep it going because this logo okay, I was sucks. About to say. 
This line yeah, is trash. No. It's so it terrible. Awful. This looks like it's straight out of the fucking 70s. It's awful. They said, put this, what are we doing? F, D? Let's put this in I'm F. Let's be F, real. Loki. You know F, what? Let's we'll, be real, listen, bro. We could put it in D just because it has colors and the Nets logo does not. <laughs> there we go. We'll put it in D because we got Gen Z color brain. There we go. Yeah, nah. Zero <laughs> creativity. Good colors. <laughs> Zero creativity, bro. Never mind. Fuck that. Put it in F. The colors aren't even good. <laughs> nah, <laughs> let's be real. Blue and yellow. You can respect be them for being able to become an all-star city, bro. Damn. Good for them. It's not a good logo. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks. This is the S tier okay. logo, in my opinion. You know how I feel about that goddamn buck. <laughs> you are so weird. <laughs> I'm not weird. Do you not you respect no, no, how this weird. book makes <laughs> you feel? It's okay. It's okay. Keep going. Are you not in tune with your feelings and your emotions? What? Damn. About the book? <laughs> yes. Do you know how I feel about that goddamn book? <laughs> okay. This book represents no, way more than you think. What does it represent? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, it's, bro, the real people in Milwaukee understand this. You don't. Are you a real person in Milwaukee? No, I mean, I know people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I agree. The Buck logo looks awesome. He looks ferocious. He looks swole as shit. I'm cool with the Buck going in S tier. Fear the deer. Put it in S. <laughs> yep. Fear Let's the go. deer is hard as hell. The Miami Heat. Awesome. Mm. I would say A tier. I really like this logo. It's I, awesome. I, I, this I, listen, I understand it's old, right? And they low-key have done the same thing. But it works. I like the little ring around it. The basketball on fire. It's a it's a nice little play on it. Not the no, best. Very strong logo. Not yeah, not the best, but it's definitely a tier. I kind of would put this in S tier, but I can understand your argument. Yeah, for sure. For I just sure. think like the heat. the the Bulls mm-hmm. logo. The Bulls logo is so ferocious. It's so iconic. The Bucks logo has a little bit of everything. Right, you have the circle. You have uh, you have the the letters in it. The, the buck looks strong and fierce. Miami's just yeah. missing just one of those things. So, so that's why it's I'll a put flaming it in basketball beaming at your head. How do you not feel fearful? Because an, animal, be an animal's soul is not staring straight into my eye. And it's just a ball. Okay. Your logic <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I'm cool yeah. with AJ. AJ is cool. It's an inanimate object. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Houston Rockets. This one mm. kind of sucks. I was going to say, I'm so glad we opened up this conversation. This is ass. (laughs) It's trash as fuck. I've been waiting to say it. No, they need a new logo. They need to put a rocket back in that bitch. They need to make it creative, have some life into it. I don't even know what the redeeming quality of this is. It's just boring. Facts. I mean, what's supposed to be? And it's all the same color? Mm -mm. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Nothing's going for it. Yeah, the, their logo is probably the reason why they haven't made the NBA final since fucking Hakeem was in that jersey, bro. <laughs> That's exactly why. That's exactly why. They, they I, need to use that logo with the astronaut on it that that's on their city jerseys. That's the, the good one. Logo. That's a good one. I think they should rebrand the entire franchise into those colors. That would be hard. Facts. Yeah. F tier it is. He's a very 2004. Facts. The OKC Thunder. Man, I kind of oh like this. Whoa! I don't, I don't think it's bad. I know we've been on the same page, and I might deviate from what we're talking about. I think this it's not is good. A, I think it's a solid C tier logo. That fat ass O just kills it for me, man. The colors are cool. What even is this? It's like a shield. It looks like a shield, to be honest with me, bro. 
Thunder. This is a triangular G-unit basketball. Ass shit, this bro. shit, G.I. Joe ass logo for sure. Facts. Oh, There's Academy Sports on outdoors. Yeah, no. This shit is it's ass. It's where we used to hoop. But it's so hard <laughs> do, to do. Do you not that. have memories of hooping at Academy? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> no, get this out of here. Yeah. This C? is terrible. Can it be a C? I was going to go D. I don't like this logo at all. It's nah, D it type terrible? You what does this logo have to do with the name Thunder? You don't think I mean, you, that this you, logo is on the same level as the Dallas Mavericks logo? No. What the is, Dallas there's Mavericks no Thunder in this logo. Sure. So what? I think y'all misplaced Dallas. That's my issue. Thunder is such a... Such a... Uh, what's the word? An illustrative word that should have imagery to match it. And it's just nothing. It's just orange. No, it doesn't. I mean, I guess the orange and the blue through it you is can't the see thunder, thunder, but they could have done a better job for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You can't see thunder. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but this <there's> is in C. <laughs> Think about lightning. All right. You got me. You got me. <laughs> C it is. Let's you can put it. it in C. I lost. This man wa- wants audio waves on a jersey. <laughs> Relax. Relax. A peaking audio file. Exactly. It's Too literal. <laughs> oh, it's so trash, but I'll take it. I lost that. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings. Listen, I Some days I wake up and I'm like, this? this is hard. Other days I'm like, this is trash as fuck. One of the worst logos I've seen in my entire life. This is your purple bias coming out. Your fucking favorite color you're obsessed with. This is not a good logo. The gray kills it all for me because it's like, where the fuck that shit come from, bro? Such a 2011 ass font, man. That that modern ass font. It looks terrible. It looks Tron legacy shit. Isaac is in his bag right now. Um, (laughs) Listen, we don't have a logo in D tier, so let's just put this in D tier because it's not great. (laughs) Is <laughs> occupy its own space. Yeah, D tier is perfect for it. D tier is perfect for there it. There we go. It's just so go. mid. No thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last up, the Golden State Warriors. Damn, 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 damn. Teeter- it's good. It's certainly really good. It's teetering, but it's not great SNA. though. What? Yeah, it's got to be up there, right? It's one of Why? the best logos in the league. It's a strong logo. It's the Golden Gate Bridge. It suits the community. It's perfect. You let a bridge sway you, man. What the hell? If you want to see a bridge, I'll take your ass outside right now. This does not sway anybody. How? If you would take me outside and see the Golden Gate Bridge, do it. It's a cool bridge. Listen, I live in the Bronx, so it's going to take a little like 45-minute commute. But I can still show you the goddamn bridge, bro. It doesn't <laughs> it, it doesn't warrant an A or an S. <laughs> You're going to show me the world's shittiest bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah. Um, She's going to be over a storm drain. <laughs> hey, Listen, a bridge put, is a bridge, bro. A. Put this in A. Yeah, we can go A. I low key S, but we can go A. S is crazy as fuck. I'd live Listen, with A. Whatever. You, under, you <laughs> understand? You understand what we're doing? Inanimate objects go in A. If you have an animal and it's actually a good logo, you go in S. That's kind of the difference. <laughs> well, that's not actually what we did. <laughs> you guys are terrible. Damn, bro. <laughs> the Mavs. <laughs> Man, you guys hold the mask for sure, but whatever. The Mavs logo is mid. It looks outdated as fuck. Looks. Ah, never mind. I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut then. <laughs> Why are you fighting for this Michael Finley logo? Like, relax. <laughs> because the Michael Finley logo took me through some times in my life. That's why. Michael you would understand. You nostalgia for the fucking Mavericks logo? Yeah, man. <laughs> this man loves. You romanticize a bathroom break. That's crazy. <laughs> you guys are just. <laughs> You guys don't understand, man. All right, man. That's the end of that segment. 
Next thing we're going to do, pull out a thing we haven't done in months. We're going to guess some NBA teams by their 2K ratings. Ooh. Okay. I've officially quit one. 2K for, what, the wow. fourth time in my career. I'm retired. I'm officially done. I'm not buying. I'm not falling into Isaac's propaganda because he he made us get, right, had a gun to my head and told me, download NBA 2K right now so that we could play. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I got to get it. I'm not doing it next year. I'm not spending my money on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see if you can understand the 2K ratings off of Pure Vibes End because you haven't seen them. I got a slideshow with six teams where I have the ratings on there position by position. And you guys are going to have to guess it. Did you guys just see that? Because I think Nikhil might have gave you the answer. I didn't see shit. I just yawned. Oh, my I goodness. I didn't see Thank anything. God. I okay. literally just Almost yawned. Almost folded. <laughs> Thank God for me being sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, real simple. I'm going to show you an NBA team. You're going to guess who they are based off nothing but their 2K ratings. Let's First team. Who is this team? This team is so fucking trash. Oh, my God. So they got a <laughs> point guard. I'm assuming that's point guards at 80. The two and three is a 79 and an 84. Power forward's an 87. Brother, and brother, center brother, is brother, a 79. Brother. Relax, relax, relax. I think I got this. You got this? I think, Ooh, I, I, think okay. I got this. this Calling is, game? Listen, the, the power forward is the star of the show. Everybody else is good, not great. Is this the New Orleans Pelicans? Incorrect. What? Humble yourself. Okay, Damn. that was a great guess. That was a great call. An ISO airball that bitch. My bad, my bad team. My bad team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who's another like lower, slick lower, not lower tier, but who's another good power forward in the NBA with just a bunch of mid around them? Ah, uh, you tell me. So, All right, who, who this could be, this could be. Think could out loud. Be, <laughs> could it be this season's version of the Memphis Grizzlies? This is not the Memphis Grizzlies, no. That was a good guess. That was a good guess because they'd be was, switching out the goddamn 80s. It was, it was okay. a good guess. Okay, what, what point guards in the league are like solid but not great that, that we could think of in like that 80 range? I think there's so many of them. I think we have a hard time. Yeah, I wouldn't start that there. The That's a bad place to start. It's a power forward. I think it's a power forward. It, see, someone I think about is, oh, I got this shit. I got it. He's in my mind right now. He's a star of the show, a star of the All-Star Weekend. Is this Scotty Barnes? It is not. Oh, fuck. Then, it's, then this shit is, if it's not Scotty Barnes, then this is Paolo Bancaro. Correct. This is the yeah! Yeah! There we go. God that damn it. was way too hard. Huh. Fuck, okay. man. Okay. Franz fair. is an 84? Go we to hell, we 2K. Yeah. We haven't done this in a while. We're ramping up. We're, we're going to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sweating Go it out to right hell, hell, 2K. I saw Ronnie 2K <laughs> on my flight on the way back from Indy. <laughs> That's crazy as hell. Name, name <laughs> drop. Listen, name drop some more. Jermaine <laughs> O'Neal was on my flight. Who? Uh, Donovan Jermaine and I saw. Oh, really? Your dad? <laughs> Your dad. <laughs> I called Hakeem his brother <laughs> last week. <laughs> crazy. You're crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, next up. Who is this team? Oh, everybody's okay. good on this team. Okay. 84 point guard, 81 and 80 small forward and shooting guard, 80 power forward, and this is an 86 center. Who the fuck is this? So this show is okay. being led by okay, a really it. good or okay center and a Point but guard everybody's is like good? middle of the pack. This is just this is a, a pretty... mid team. It's just a mid team. <laughs> but like, but like Ooh. a good mid team. 
I, I, okay. I think I can think of some good mid. Can you, Donovan? I'm trying to I'm trying to run through it. I think I can get some some good mid out of here. As okay. my brain is cycling through some good mid, there's some quality mid down nowadays these days. <laughs> there, there really, I'm gonna there leave really the Houston Rockets. Wow, first guess. This is the Houston Rockets. Damn. I can't believe you have some good that. mid. That's the goodest of mid right there. Listen, Facts. that's what you said earlier. That's that's what you said earlier. They're the best 500 team that's not 500. It's factual. <laughs> comes, comes in clutch. <laughs> there we go. I love it. All right, next up. Who is this team? Okay, dominant Ooh. center. Elite center. So you got a 79-point guard, 82-80 small forward and shooting guard, and a 78 power forward. Damn. Is this Elite center with some shitters? There's only one person that fits that profile. Is this... The young king, Victor Wembanyama, and the San Antonio Spurs. Ooh, it is. I don't know why my mind went blank. You carried me through that one. Good shit. Good shit. Jeremy Sohan, shout out to you for coming in clutch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Who is this team? Mm, 92 point guard, 80 and 80 small forward and shooting guard, and an 87 power forward, and an 83 center. Okay. Ooh, okay. This is this is this is good. This is good. Not gonna lie to you. So we have to think about one of the most elite point guards in the NBA, along with a pretty good but not elite power forward. You I know who that is. I have. I know who this is. I believe so. Go ahead. Is this boom Tyrese Halliburton? Correct. This is the Indiana Pacers. Give me my fucking money. I love this shit. I die for this shit. <laughs> Let's go. Every day I wake up, you put your head down. And I look at goddamn 2K logos. <laughs> <laughs> or 2K ratings. All right, next up. Who is this team? Ooh, this okay. team is fucking Once fire, bro. Wow, great you team. 85 point guard, 84 and 89 shooting guard and small forward, 94 power for an 88 center this team this is team, fucking elite, this team bro. is crazy <laughs> this team is crazy as hell this team is lethal but not gonna lie i feel like i know who this might be 94 is Go one ahead. of the best players in the entire nba exactly there's only a handful there's only a handful of players that fit that that description go ahead so it can't I'll, be I'll no luca can't be no steph can't be no uh Jokic. hold on not can be Devin Booker or KD. This might be Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. Yes, sir. Isaac Incorrect. is yawning. What You're the lying. fuck? I knew it. God damn it. You're lying. Whoa! <laughs> I'm lying. It's the Celtics. Oh, bro. You Nikhil fucking folded my joke. God damn it. <laughs> Thank you, Nikhil. <laughs> Thank you. I was about to say, you're yawning like shit. You be, try, be trying to play these games. I'm not with it. Yeah, no. Nah, he, he fooled me. He fooled me with that one. He was yawning. I was like, damn. I know. Bro, I know his games. <laughs> I know his tricks. That was a real yawn. <laughs> yeah, <late>. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next team. Who are mm. these people? <laughs> 85 point uh, guard, 93 two guard, 79 small forward, 87 power forward, and 87 center. Damn. Who the fuck is this team? All right. <laughs> this is tough. 93 two guard is tough, bro. No, but th think about it. Who are some of the best two guards in the league with another, with a dominant front court like that? 
Come on. Th think about it. We're I almost there. See, Do you know? I, in my mind, I want to think, like, could this be someone from the fucking Los Angeles Clippers? But no, because Zubach is not no goddamn 87. That's why I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a swing here. I'm gonna guess uh with the number one seed in the Western Conference, is this the Minnesota Timberwolves? Ooh. That's a good guess, but it is incorrect. Ooh, that's a good guess. My comedy is guess. not at 85. You're out of your mind. Yeah, no, nah, he's, he's I have no like idea. I have are... no idea what Rodney <laughs> 2K is on these days. Um <laughs> That's a great guess. Okay. 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 I like I like where you're thinking. So one of the that's most a good elite. guess. Listen, there's only so many teams that fits. That's one of them. Exactly. So we're talking about one of the most elite two guards in the entire NBA, along with a pretty damn good four and five. Oh, oh we're tripping. Oh, oh shit. This is yeah, we got it at the same time. This is the Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers. Cavaliers. There we go. Let's this is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, shout I out to Max I feel like Mo just latched on to you there. I don't know if he actually had it or not, but I'm going to choose the blue. <laughs> nah, one. man, I had it. I had it. We I were had it. Don't do me dirty. Don't do me dirty. Stop don't, trying to discredit me. That's what I'm saying. Don't talk about my teammate like that. Don't don't bring us up. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we'll put you in a headlock. Attacking <laughs> <laughs> me. New boss. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, get the... F okay. Oh, my all God, right, Isaac. All right, bro. All right, bro. You need to be regulated, bro. We need parental advisory <laughs> now that we go into TikTok time, bro. I call this TikTok time. I call them create crayon eaters <laughs> alongside with me for a goddamn reason. Not for you to make these disgusting jokes, man. Good God. <laughs> we have responsibility, <laughs> Isaac. I was talking about we, wrestling. We influenced the youth. <laughs> last weekend, two very young Claw kids walked week. up to I was you. Thinking, <sighs> And was like, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? You're like, sure. What happens next year if we allow them into our live show, Isaac? Then what? Next team. Next team. <laughs> Learn your lesson. Last one. Who is this team? <laughs> is okay. this the same team? No, it's no, different. No. Okay. No, it's not. But but once again, so every every position is good except for the three. The three is the weak spot on this team. We got. Let's see. The power forward mm. is the star of the show. This is hard. Okay. Hmm. So 81 point guard, 82 um, or 84 overall two hmm. guard, 79 overall small forward, 93 four and the 87 center. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> Who the hell? Is 93 this? power no, forward. No, we can't do that. We can't do that. The two was, best players on this game. I was going to oh, go somewhere. Oh, wait. Oh. I'll, I'm just, no, nah, no way. I was going to say, is this the Los Angeles Lakers? But there's no way in hell AD would be at 87. Ronnie would be yeah, off some crack here. if he did that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Who are so the, the best frontcourt duos in the league? Fours in the entire NBA, bro. Okay. See, this, so, one, this, one, this one's hard. This one's kind of challenging. But I'll, but I like, I'll, I step to the plate. I'll accept the challenge. <laughs> Let's think All about right. it. Let's break this shit down easily. This is no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about bigs. Can't be Bam at a bio. He's not at 87 overall. Mm -hmm. Could this be someone like KD as a 93? No, because Nurkic is not fucking like that. Yeah. Who the hell is this, bro? Let's Damn. You guys give up. It can't be. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, no, Not no, no. We yet. don't. We don't give up yet. We don't give up yet. I know we're doing we're a lot of thinking, and you want to keep this rolling, but we're gonna try and get. Yeah, through. do a lot of talking. You can think, but how about you talk through it? <laughs> it's, a, it's okay. Damn. It okay. okay. So, 
to be so, honest with so you. So the best, the best power forwards in the league, right? Yeah. Who are they? Who are the best power forwards? Pascal you got- Siakam. You could say Julius Randle. You could say Paolo Bancaro. You could say, I guess, Jason Tatum and KD. Fucking Kawhi Leonard. But this can't be Kawhi don't, at don't all. Get too, don't get too bogged Damn. up in positions. I, that one, this one might confuse you. Yeah, that's oh, why I'm oh, fucked, so, to be oh, honest so these with people you. are playing that's out of position? Me. I quit. No, I don't, I don't know how you want to... Who's to say who's the three and the four on this team? That's... See? All right. All right. Even, yeah, even with that, I quit. I quit. I quit. I'm not, I'm not I quit. It's like two... This is the Miami Heat. What? Bam is an 8-7? They play a bunch of wings. I don't know. You kind of cooked us with this one. I didn't know. Okay, so... Wow. Yeah, you cooked us with so that one. Who's the four? Caleb Martin, Jaime Hawkins, one of them? Or is it Jimmy Butler? I don't know. I put Jimmy Butler at the four, but that was clearly what confused you Yeah, that fucked us definitely. Yeah. That yeah, fucked that us definitely. Us. Yeah. They don't, I don't even know. What is he technically? I guess he might be the three and they put like Jaime at the I would four. Count, I don't know. Yeah, I would, I would probably yeah. want to count Jimmy as a three, but it's not like set in stone. That was yeah, I don't know. You went out with a bang with that one. <laughs> there you go. I got you finally. Yeah. Let's move on to something more interesting. Let's get you guys' blood flowing. Ooh. Can I go ahead and interest you guys in something real quick? Can you? Talk to us. I want to see if you guys can guess the top 10 leading NBA scorers of all time. Okay. Okay. All right. The all-time is, scoring leaders. Gotcha. This is tough. There's been some like shifts over the years, of course. And I want to see how well you guys can gauge how many buckets have been given over the last few years. Not over the last few years, but of all time by these players. Gotcha. Okay. We can do this. So, all-time scoring leaders, top 10, real simple. Exactly. Total points. No points per game, Gotcha. Bro. It's time to lock I up. hope not. That'd be awful. That'd it's be hard to fuck in a career points yeah. per game. Yeah, no, that would all be right, let's terrible. do it. <laughs> Hit the hook. So, so, guys, can you guess the top 10 in... Ooh. I fucked up the hell like a motherfucker. I guess the top 10 NBA scoring leaders of all time. Okay, I know the top five pretty easily. I think LeBron we James. knocked it out of the way. LeBron James is obviously one. Kareem's number two. Damn. I you think Nasty Man is three. Damn. You running okay. through this? Kobe. And then Kobe and Jordan are four and five, right? Yes. Damn and damn. Okay. Can, You're can running get, through this. Can we get uh, the Dallas legend Dirk Nowitzki on this one? Oh is my he goodness! Oh no, he's six. Okay, okay. You guys can no we, ball. What the fuck? Can we get slow seven down? Ten is harder. This is where we gotta slow down. This is where it gets a little more difficult. Listen, I'm the not easy ones are the easy ones. All right, well, let's talk. I'm done. Is Carmelo <laughs> Anthony on this list? Uh, is no that way. a question or are you like? Damn it! Ah! <laughs> Come on, guys. He's on this list. Come on, guys. Pain. Come on, guys. He is Respect number nine. Respect greatness. Respect greatness. Okay. Carmelo's number nine. So we got seven, eight, and ten left. Exactly. It's going to be longevity. People who played a long time. People that played over a decade easily. Low key. Is Tim Duncan up here? Even though he's not a scorer like that? You are wrong. Tim Duncan is not Damn. on here. <laughs> he got you. It's okay. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You're on uh, his team, wait. bro. I, it, it, was just, it was just funny. It's just funny. <laughs> Uh, Larry Bird didn't play long enough, I don't think. Yeah. I imagine Shaq um, didn't either. Well, actually, no. Let's get Shaq. Shaq is at number, oh, eight. number eight. Congratulations, there sir. There we go. Oh, my goodness. There we go. Is Will Chamberlain up here? Donovan, do you think Wilt is here? 
Yeah, we'll guess what. We'll he believes so. It is number seven. God damn it. I wanted your go. hate to thrive, but it didn't. <laughs> number 10. Okay. You guys have number 10. Is, is, Moses, is Moses Malone number 10? Moses Malone is not number 10. I'm sorry, sir. Ooh. Is Hakeem Olajuwon number 10? Hakeem is not number 10. I'm so sorry, sir. Is Kevin Durant already number 10? Is that a question or is that an answer? It's a get. Both crown eaters are looking at me and I'm looking at you looking at me. Kevin Durant Durant is number 10. Congratulations. Wow. Wow. I don't know why that occurred to me, but yeah, he's got to be up there already. He's been been at it for a while. Man's not getting any younger. Yeah, KD, he scored KD. the most points while playing the least amount of minutes, bro. It's insane in Look the top 20. The fact that he's ridiculous. top 10 with an Achilles tear and missed a whole year of his prime, ridiculous. Crazy. Missed a whole year of your prime, and he's about to be number he's about to be number nine actually soon and surpass Carmelo in like two games. So shout out to him. This Perfectly graphic balanced. is slightly outdated. Yeah. Good. It's grief. outdated, but is it still it's still correct. It's still correct right now to this day, yeah. Gotcha. But sooner than later, like Katie's gonna eventually pass Carmelo. That's the next one. Who's a? Can we look up real quick? Like I saw the TikTok. Look up the rest of the list. Who's? I wonder what other players are gonna potentially get up into this range. Like can James Harden or Curry get there? No, no. They're they're in the are trenches. They way below. They're like mm. later twenties. Not later. My bad. What, bad. Early twenties. What players do you think are gonna have a chance? Like, could Luca get there one day? You think? What players could get could have a chance? Luca could definitely. Oh, easily Luca could get there. Oh my goodness, yeah. he's averaging he thirty four right swing. now. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> he's crazy. Luca get there. The only he thing is, like, would he have the longevity? There. It depends if he likes fucking basketball. Yeah, I think I, I hate to say it, but Tatum could get there because he'll probably have the longevity. Oh yeah, yeah, got going real young. It. Yeah, Tatum could get there easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's about okay. it for like. Okay. Okay. Cool. Easy answers for sure. I respect it. Y'all Next thing we're going to do, we're going to pull out a T3 class that we haven't done in a long time. We're going to play a game of 20 questions. Oh. This time, I'm thinking of the NBA player. You guys are at the guess. Uh-oh. Okay. You ready? Let's go ahead and do it. Uh-oh. 20 questions. I'm kind of shaky at this game, but I got my A game on for TikTok time. Let's yeah, do don't it. Fold. Let's get you, let's get you going. So, you got don't 20 fold. questions to guess the NBA player I'm thinking of. All right. Let's do it. Is he an all-star? He is not. Is he in the Western Conference? Currently, yes, he is. Currently, yes, he is. Is this a current it, player? I, currently, yes, he is. Ooh, that must mean he is hanging by the fucking threads right now. Listen, listen, <laughs> doesn't, listen, it, listen. it doesn't mean that. It just means he wasted a question. Please, no. We need every question with you. You be yeah, playing we need it. <laughs> we need it, coach. You tripping. Okay, so he's currently an all-star. Or not currently not an all-star. Was is in he a the champion? fucking West. Uh, no, he's not a champion. Is he a guard? He's not a guard. Ooh. Okay. Is he a center? He is a center. Ooh. Okay. okay. Center, not a champion in the West Conference. You sniffing it out again there? Hmm. Yeah. Is he a starter? He is a starter. Ooh. Getting down to the nitty and fucking gritty right now. <laughs> There's only so many, so maybe I made it too easy. Is this Daniel Gafford? Ew! This is not Daniel Gafford, who is not a starter yet, so that's a bad guess. Mm. He should, well, I don't want to say should be. Derek Lively, respect to you. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> does he have red in his jersey? He, he does. Damn! We might I mean, be it's too easy. fucking Fuck. cooking. 
Not even 10 questions in. <laughs> oh, running me down. Okay. Uh, could this be DeAndre Ayton? God damn it, this could be. This is DeAndre Ayton. I'm here. Where are the real eaters at? Good job. <laughs> Good job. All right, well, that's going to be too short to make a TikTok out of, so let's do another game. Who wants to guess? Um, I mean, who wants to think of the player? I'll think of it. I got it. I got one right now. Okay. All right. Okay, you got one? Yes, give me, yeah, give me like two seconds to confirm this draft year. But other than that, I got this nice, ready, locked in, loaded. Okay, I'm ready. You got 20 questions to guess the NBA player I'm thinking about. <laughs> Nikhil, that was so ineffective. I'm so nervous. I'm what you were going to do. <laughs> Okay, so we got 20 questions. Is he a current player? No. Is okay, retired, okay. Uh, was he Is an all-star? Jeff no, and no. That's three questions. Hoes. <laughs> <laughs> was this a backcourt player? Yes. Uh, okay. He's a backcourt okay, um, player. Did, were they retired were in the last 10 years? Yeah. Yes. Were they a champion? Okay. No. He was a hell no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I learned my lesson. <laughs> Is he working media? No. That's a great question. <laughs> they all do these days. I yeah, know. I know. <laughs> I Get like, a real job. Richard Jefferson, Matt Barnes. <laughs> you can primary list them all for days. In the Western Conference. Mm, that's a tough question because he was kind of both. Okay. Okay. Journeyman, or at least two teams. Fair. You retired yes. in the last 10 years, didn't win a championship. Is he white? No. Damn it. Hmm. I said, damn it, like I'm hoping for a white player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, is he a good I, shooter? I've been trying to tell y'all. Is he a good shooter? <laughs> sure. Okay. You got to be deep in I the guess. weeds for this one. Yeah. Deep in the weeds? Ah, oh, shit. Let me slow down. Okay. Um, Played in both. So you draft, retired in the last 10 years. Was the was team... He drafted in the 2000s? No. Okay, so you drafted in the 90s probably. Or is he a bust? What? Okay, okay. maybe drafted in the 90s. Was, was, won a ring. was his primary jersey red? Like, yes. like, the, like the the team he's the most team he was longest on, yes, for sure. Okay, the team he was longest on is red. He didn't didn't win a championship. He's not in the media, huh? This is tough. He's not an all, not being an all star is fucking me up. Y'all not gonna get it. Y'all not gonna get it. Y'all not gonna get it. <laughs> was, was he Shut a starter? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is impo- is this impossible? This man pick, total no, it's not impossible. The- he picked a bench player from the nineties. Okay, how do we how do we narrow this down? Um, wait, he drafted probably drafted in the nineties. Well, he might be drafted in twenty tens. It might be just be a quick bust. Should, we, they, should we ask that? Was was he drafted <laughs> in the twenty tens? Yes. You got okay, six questions go. left. Hurry up. Okay. Okay. He drafted in twenty tens. Not a champion. Main team is red. So red team, a bull draft pick, Trailblazers. Wait, is this Wesley Matthews? No. No, no, I, that wasn't a question. 
Uh, no, it um, was. <laughs> Hold on. He, no, was, he, he was asking wasn't. me. He was asking me. No, y'all trying to He's finesse me, but you know what? He, he was, I'll he let was it slide. Me. Was you got to clarify that. I was, I was talking to Donovan. That wasn't mm, clear. Clarify that next time, buddy. You're on watch. <laughs> <laughs> Pistons, Wizards, Hawks. No, Heats. no, it can't. It can't be the Pistons because the the primary jersey isn't red. What well, primary jersey? Like, oh, like, said, like the, uh, the primary color of the Pistons isn't red. Okay, it's a blue jersey, right? Okay, I was thinking logo with red. Okay, who? He's a deep cut. Okay, so he's not. He's a decent shooter. Should we should we try to narrow down like skill wise? I guess. Um, Is he a good defender? Uh, Is no. he known as being a good defender? No. Okay, so he's not known as being a good defender, and he's an okay shooter. Probably. A, oh, I this feel is like tough. I feel like we need. I feel like we need. I'm some, dancing inside some right college. now. I might, might do need, this we one. Might need, need a college. Uh, oh, I don't know. College, like if it's a deep cut, that's not gonna help. Twenty question fumble. They're asking we try ask to, questions right now too. What'd you say? Should we try to narrow down draft year? You want to want to narrow down the first half of the decade or second half? Yeah. Was he drafted in the first half of the 2010s? I'll do you a favor and say right in the middle. Okay, so 2015. It's not doing yeah. me a favor. It's answering my question. <laughs> you got your answer, buddy. I mean, Focus. but now, but now, we have to, now we have to solidify if it was twenty fifteen or not. Um, well, it could be it could be like fourteen or sixteen. Either way, it's like a three year range right in the middle. Let's assume it's twenty fifteen. Ah, uh, look at these. Team okay, logos. wait, 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 wait. Time out. I would like clarity. So the first half of twenty ten would be twenty ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Is he drafted in the first half of of the twenty tens? No. Okay, so, okay, so, so 2015. 2015 and after. Yeah, it's 2015. He made it clear. Okay. I think you just wasted a question. No, no, he was no. I, my question. No, I clarified a question. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay. I'm just making sure. I'm just this making hard. sure we're on Fuck. par. Uh, 2015 draft. Fuck. Is this Justice Winslow? I don't know. Whoa, crown eaters! I'm giving these boys hella passes right now because that was a fucking answer. That was a question. <sighs> that was you yeah, are sadly yeah, that, wrong. Ah, uh, <laughs> who else drafted 2015? Three more, three more. Okay, so 2015. Was he a first round pick? Yes. Okay, to a red team. Okay, which teams? It's not the Miami Heat. I just asked that. Okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. Listen, we're gonna put a buzzer beater to this bitch. He's gonna be so mad. <laughs> no, you're not. All right, he what, said what he's team, a backcourt player. Okay, so he's a one or a two backcourt. Um, one or two for the Raptors, maybe. No. Is Delon Wright still in the NBA, Donovan? Yes. You're right. I think he is. Yes, I think it's he is. The, okay, so it's not him. How gross do you think I am? You're gross as fuck. He's retired. Right. <laughs> retired in the last five years. Are you sure he's retired? Wait, wait. He definitely is retired. I, I in didn't the last, say in he, the last. He's retired in the last ten years. Yeah, last five years to this flex question. Yeah. 
He's retired, but drafted in 2015. You're sure he's a first-round pick? I promise you. What? Okay, I'm, I'm going through oh, all the hold on. Hold on. I kind of fucked you guys. I kind of fucked you guys for two seconds. Drafted in 2014. You completely fucked us. God damn it. Okay, no, if we deserve a question If you're a real guesser, back. you can get that. We deserve a question back. I just corrected one of your questions. No, we deserve 17 should be taken off the board then. <laughs> because we asked 17 based on 16. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's Question fair. is granted back. Thank this you. is the longest game of 20 questions it, ever. It, it really <laughs> is. It really is. <laughs> it's, it's now a clip. Primary team is red. Backcourt player. Okay, so the 2014, 2014. draft went... That's went, the Andrew Wiggins draft. It went Wiggins, Jabari, Okafor in 14. Is that the draft Joel Embiid was in? Yes. It was it was it the same as Wiggins? I believe so, yeah. Oh no, because yes. Okafor went in 15. Okay, so Wiggins, Wiggins, Jabari, Embiid. And I have no idea who went after that. I have these boys <laughs> in hell right now. Oh my god. I just just look player? at the draft. <laughs> just so look at the draft. He's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be off the domers, but this is so tough. Just look at He's the draft. He's retired already. <laughs> you put out some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate this. Uh, this I was thinking about Napier? this guy the other day, man. Huh? Is it Shabazz Napier? Damn it! It is Shabazz Napier. <laughs> I had to look up the 2014 draft. I had to cheat. I was like, I'm never yeah. going to get it. <laughs> Crown Eaters, although I made an error, you guys some you guys some cheated. I Sadly, we have lost this one. Y'all are the worst people to play 20 questions with. I get so infuriated <laughs> playing with you guys. That was awful. Oh, man. Right, that was ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> that I'm, done. I'm done. End the episode, man. <laughs> I'm sick of this. Shout out to Sebastian. Oh All right, cool. man. That's what a, what a way to end the episode this. on a fucking... We're done here. Donovan, if people are still here, what should people comment? If they are still here, comment <laughs> Mo is Hashim the Beat. <laughs> Damn. Follow, follow, comment, us, on, comment, follow us on Twitter and you'll get the reference. Specifically comment <laughs> Mo looks like Hashim the Beat. Yes. Look, when you say it, Isaac, sounds charged. When Donovan says it, it sounds like a shot at me. I'll accept it, though. I deserve <laughs> it. <laughs> if you know, you know. We'll see y'all next time. Follow us on Twitter. Peace.